just about as bad as it gets in just about as many places as possible. The Kansas City Chiefs lose a stunner, not just because of who was expected to take this game, but also in the way the Chiefs let this one go. Colts 20, Chiefs 17. The Chiefs are no longer undefeated. And there is just about a million places we could reasonably start. It's hard to start anywhere other than the special teams, which failed so many times on so many levels. The first muffed punt, the the Chiefs defense runs out and gets a three and out. The tone of that game is set immediately. Sky Moore undershoots it, muffs it, Colts recover, end up scoring a few plays later. And that was the only time until that last drive where the Colts had anything reasonably going offensively. The Chiefs defense, until that last drive, which we will get back to, we will talk about a lot here all all show long. But that final, that, that opening drive, I was just about ready to close the book when the the Colts were punting on three and out and everything that we expected coming into this game pretty much lined up what we knew about the Colts. Total mess on the offensive line, total miscommunication, could not pick up a blitz to save their lives until the last drive of the game. And the Chiefs exposed that early. Colts turn around still, punch it in. Even at 7-0, that's fluky. The Chiefs, the Chiefs got in their own way, and the Colts came in and capitalized. I'm not going to just go drive-by-drive drive through the whole thing, but stick with me here. Next drive, the Chiefs' offense goes three and out. I'm going to tell you where I'm at through this process. I'm going, well, that's not great. But Mahomes was less than a yard overshooting Marquez Valdez-Scantling, what should have been an enormous touchdown. That game in that moment should have been 7 nothing the other way. But the special teams made a horrible mistake. Really, that one's just on Sky Moore. And Mahomes misses MVS. All right, fine. Let's see where they go now. The defense comes out again. Does a very good job of bottling the Colts up. Chiefs are getting the ball back. Well, Sky Moore misplays it, and now the Chiefs starting from inside the one. That next drive was bleeped from the start. Just nothing got going. Third and seven was too late. Punted away. All right, the defense comes on the field again. Get to a fourth and one at midfield. Legereus Sneed gets through, strip sack on Matt Ryan. Colts recover by losing 10 yards to give the Chiefs the ball. All right, finally, here, yeah, it's 7-0. But we are pretty deep into the game at this point, and there is clearly one football team that stinks and one that should at least be competent if they could stop getting out of their own way. Next drive ends in a touchdown, and, and Matt Amendola, as I believe it's pronounced that way, doesn't matter. We're not going to be saying his name much more. Misses the extra point. Defense slides a little bit on the next drive. Hold him to a field goal. Next time out, the offense has a whole lot going on. No points at the end. Pacheco brings it back to the 15. Special teams putting you behind the sticks again. The defense comes out again. 
strip sack, turnover, gives the ball right back to the offense, who somehow, through an absolutely disgusting series of goal line offense and somehow a two-point conversion, picks up eight. This team now, after all of that, after a valiant start from the defense, they're up by four. Frank Clark gets a sack next time out. Chiefs get the ball back. 34 seconds left. They go out there and they take two shots. They decline to take a third shot despite there being time left. They hand it off. They don't take a knee. They hand the ball off, which is what ultimately culminates in the, the video that we all saw at the time. It's going to be a talking point this week of Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy. I'm on number 15 side here, disagreeing about what happened there at the end of the half. Why not take another shot? I think Andy Reid said in the little on-field post-game thing, of course we'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and all the pressers throughout the show today. Sounded like he was saying, hey, they're getting pressure. And they were. The offensive line was not good today. Patrick Mahomes did not have very many clean pockets. He made most of it work regardless. Also, the Buffalo Bills just lost to the now 3-0 Miami Dolphins. If you're looking in the AFC, the Chiefs just lost to the Colts. And the Bills just lost to the Dolphins. And I don't know how this game ended, but there are like five dudes laying on the ground. You have your halftime thing. The offense comes back out. And they go and they, on fourth and one, they go for it in the red zone. It was a long one, but Michael Burton handoff, they convert. You go, okay, all right, you know what? This offense has seen something. They're going to be aggressive here after being too conservative at the end of the first half. They get down to fourth and goal from the two and a half. They kick the field goal. They go up seven. It was almost two yards for Burton. The one on fourth and goal was about two and a half yards out. I don't know why this team can't convert short yardage. It's atrocious. It's hard to watch. It's bad football. You want to watch the Chiefs offense send you back 50 years? Just wait for it to be third and short or fourth and short. They can either run a spaceship play that works 25% of the time or they can hand it to a fullback. But whatever. They kick the field goal. Seven-point game. Defense plays strong again. Nothing but a field goal. All right, fine. 17-13, the Chiefs have the ball. I'm I'm itemizing this to make a point that the Chiefs were having better processes in good positions, clearly being the better football team, Until it was time to do it in one individual moment. And then it's just bleep the bed, bleep the bed, bleep the bed. Against a football team that is now 1-1-1. And I will not think about one more time after we get away from this game. I am not worried about thinking about the Colts in December or January. Or gosh darn, not thinking about them in February. I do not think very much of this Colts team even now. The issue is that I think less of the Chiefs than I did a few hours ago. You try your 4th and 11 fake punt. Because if you want to go, in fairness, if you want to go for it on 4th and long when you're the Kansas City Chiefs, don't let Patrick Mahomes throw the football. Let Tommy Townsend do it. Brilliant. And hey, the play was there. Noah Gray had space. The play was there. But you had your punter throwing the football. So the Chiefs grow their guts on 4th and 11 for Tommy Townsend to throw the ball. Awesome. Well, maybe now the game's going to slide away. Nope. Nick Bolton makes a great play on fourth and inches to push Jonathan Taylor back. Chiefs get the ball back again. On downs. Matt Amendola. Next drive. 34-yard field goal. No good. 
Then the Colts come out, march down the field. The first, the, the only drive all game long where the Chiefs defense just lost. That was their ninth defensive drive of the game. The Chiefs defense went 8-1 and one in this game. And they really should have gone 9-0. and oh, And then Chris Jones gets flagged for talking to Matt Ryan. I imagine opinions will vary on this. We don't know the exact context of what, what, what uh, Chris Jones said. But the game was over. Or at the very least, it was about to be fourth down for the game. Third and seven. Blitz kind of whiffs. They all fold in on Matt Ryan. They bring him down. Chris Jones at the bottom of the pile. Doesn't hit him or anything. They come up. Matt Ryan's talking. Chris Jones is talking. Flag comes out of the ref's pocket. 15 yards. The drive stays alive. You can say Chris Jones needs to get out of there. I get it. I hear you. I do. Um, Don't think he needed to be walking to the sidelines because I don't think they were punting. Maybe they would have. I don't know. I don't imagine they would have. And you can say, hey, you just, you, you cannot be speaking in that moment. But man, I imagine you would hear some things in a, in a football pile that would turn you white like a ghost. Just people say things on a football field, man. The, the, the real mistake Chris Jones made was saying that with an earshot of a ref. But he was talking. Not even taunting. He didn't stand over him. Whatever Chris Jones said had to be so bad through the ears of that referee that he hit a button and said, let's keep this game rolling. Like he was at Buffalo Wild Wings and somebody wanted to see a game get down to the wire. I'm not here to blame the refs. I think that's the loser's lament. I'm not interested in doing that. But I will tell you that that call Unless Chris Jones had some very specific information about Matt Ryan's mother that he was leveraging in that moment. Barring that, and even then, probably not barring that, you cannot throw a flag when the game has virtually ended because something that only you, the referee, and Matt Ryan heard, that is now going to turn the game. Referees will never be accountable for that. We will never get a paraphrase. We will never get any sort of useful information on that unless Chris Jones wants to tell us himself, and he should. He should say it. He should. I know this is going to be an issue for uh, the Drake running the board today. Dylan Michaels back uh, behind the scenes. I'm Joshua Briscoe, by the way. I know Drake won't like this. But if Chris Jones ends up at a podium anytime soon, he should, he should in vivid, R-rated detail, say every syllable he said to Matt Ryan so we know what it was. So we can either say, Chris Jones, you dumb bleep, flag for myself. Or we can say, holy bleep, how is that a turning point in an NFL football game in 2022? You have a, you have a league that has cannonballed into bed with every single gambling partner they can find. And then you have a game turn on its heel on a flag for something nobody but Chris Jones, Matt Ryan, and one referee heard. And frankly, I didn't see a reaction from Matt, from Matt Ryan that made me think that it did anything to get under his skin. Think of the children who couldn't hear what Chris Jones said. We got one mic'd up F-bomb running off the field after one of those plays earlier on. I cannot imagine what you could say to a quarterback who you have just sacked late in the fourth quarter of a game that's been brutal for everybody, including people forced to watch it. What on earth could you say for that to turn the game? 
Just atrocious. I'm not, and I'm not going to circle around the Mahomes face mask thing. Mahomes also had his fa- hand, hand on the face mask of the defender. That's different than grabbing and yanking it. That could have been a flag. I expected it to be a flag. Whatever. I'm not going to plant my flag down there because that's not what I think was the most important part of this game. The special teams were an atrocity. Just as bad as special teams can be. The offense was toothless. And out of sync enough early on that just totally undercut the whole operation. The Chiefs in short yardage situations is impossible to watch. And the team with Patrick Mahomes cannot figure out how they want to handle risky situations. That's embarrassing. You go for it on fourth and short, and then if you move up 10 yards, you don't go for it the next time. You get a 1,000 tries at the goal line, and eventually you're throwing the ball backwards to Travis Kelsey, who's dropping it and just trying to fall forward a little bit. You're doing double passes with Jarek McKinnon. The offensive line stunk. I think I mentioned that once already. Andrew Wiley's actually underrated as a player. He'll have his mistakes, whatever. Everyone's going to get in front of me on this one, so I'm going to get in front of you. Orlando Brown Jr. cannot be out here trying to get paid like a top five, top ten tackle and then spend a good portion of this game laying on his butt with Yannick Ngakwe jogging around the corner. It's a bad game for him. He, he looked like a league average tackle at best. Which, hey, it's fine. Andrew Wiley looked like an average tackle. And I'm telling you he's underrated. Orlando Brown looked like an average tackle at best. And I'm telling you that money is not going to spend this offseason if uh, if things go the, the way they did this last offseason with Orlando Brown and his contract situation. But man, special teams are so clearly the third rung of this sport, except for the days when they forced themselves to the top. Maybe it's your kicker making a 56-yarder. Maybe it is starting the game in an impossibly atrocious fashion for, for a rookie in Sky Moore who hasn't done this very much. Does it in this weird kaleidoscope of a stadium where apparently nobody can find the football. Travis Kelsey dropped the touchdown. It would He had to work back against his own momentum. But that was a um, noteworthy moment. That was second and seven on the drive where Amendola eventually missed the field goal. Should have only been a four-point swing, but turned into a, si- a seven-point swing. Kelsey couldn't make that catch. Again, maybe he lost it in the in the light. He got his hands on it. Not a, not in a pigeon-catch drop, but a Travis Kelsey drop. Both of his hands touched the football. He'll tell you he wanted to catch that, or expected to catch that. I hope that the last thing we remember is not the thing that we take away as being the most important part of this game. Because the defense did their job. Eight and a half out of nine times throughout this game. They gave up a touchdown whenever the Colts had four yards to go when their drive started. That is not on them. That's the Sky Moore defensive drive. But the defense did their job until they broke at the end. And because it was at the end, it's going to be the last thing we remember, but it's not the most important part of this game. It is clearly third. I was tweeting out memes about how good the Chiefs defense was until there were like five minutes left in the game. Because that's what they were. You hold the team to 20 points when seven of them are directly attributable to a rookie muffing a punt and handing the ball back to them at the four-yard line? That is a gosh darn good defensive day. And if I break into PG cursing like that, it is pretty evident that I would rather be not PG-13 cursing. 
Again, I'm Joshua Briscoe. The Drake's behind the board. And I'm also wondering, Drake, you just gave me a break sign. It's real early for our usual break times. I don't know what you're seeing over there. Beards isn't here today. So uh, you want to talk about, you know, um, backups and starters or whatever. We talked about this before. This is like Travis Kelsey being forced to, like, play running back. Or it's like you know the offense better than, you know, Beards does. But you're out of position to me today. So I don't know how we're going to manage all that well i just on a you know on a regular hour here this would be about the time we break and that's what i'm used to so that's what i'm telling you but if you don't want to break right here let's not break right here i okay. mean i don't want to have a sideline argument with the cameras <laughs> running or anything this is gonna be the whole this is the whole week <laughs> josh and drake the end of a dynasty falling <laughs> apart because eric Bieniemy and patrick Mahomes disagree patrick Mahomes was right all the fun today is brought to you by cbd american shaman by the way Take the edge off of having to watch the Kansas City Chiefs play the Indianapolis Colts. I guess we should have seen that coming, but God, it's just whatever. I feel better with a little CBD American Shaman. And when Kansas City scores, which they didn't do a lot of today, but when they do, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team's score is your percent off. They scored 17 points, so hey, you know what? 17% off all day tomorrow in orders of $100 or more. If you're looking to make an order, 17% off. Better than a uh, kick in the eye from uh, Matt Amendola. Get 17% off at CBD American Shaman on orders of $100 or more all day tomorrow. CBD American Shaman, because life is better with the feather. The discount not as high as it has been for previous weeks. The need for CBD American Shaman, much higher. This is just a just a simple sort of um, supply and demand issue, I think. When the Chiefs score less, you're going to need something to even out your day. We will, uh, we will bring the press conferences as they arrive. We will hear from uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know who else yet, but eventually we'll hear from those two. Um, a few injuries throughout the game, but I don't think anything ended up being long-lasting other than uh, perhaps a fatal blow to everyone's sense of pride who had to watch that game. I watched Mizzou this week. Kansas football state. Missouri, misery. Maybe, maybe that's where we're falling apart. Let's go ahead and take our break here, Drake. If you're on hold right now, we'll start taking through some calls on the other side. We'll try to run through this with the, uh, with more urgency than the uh, the Chiefs' offense or defense or special teams. Nope, that's not fair. The Chiefs' defense. I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand up and say the Chiefs' defense did their job today. Um, but apparently, Chris Jones uh, invented a new curse word that was so bad that the referee needed to address it. And then at the very end, they collapsed in the face of an offense that just couldn't buy a bucket today. So it goes. Colts 20, Chiefs 17. More Sports Radio 810, WHB Post Game Show whenever we come back. Snap. Mahomes. Pump fake. Fires. Tapped and intercepted. Intercepted by Indianapolis. And the Colts are going to win this game. It's Rodney McLeod on the pick. Like it or not, that's the play of the game presented by Central Bank. Visit them online at centralbank.net, courtesy uh, Compass Media Networks on the radio call there. Uh, the best part of that clip is the fact that the radio call was, you know, pretty good. Actual play itself could uh, send me into convulsions. Actually, really, that play is not the one that's specifically spiking my blood pressure. It's everything that led up to it. Just saw this tweet from Benjamin Solak. Uh, the EPA per play for the Chiefs, they're averaging .05 EPA per play on all plays. The Colts were negative .16 EPA per play. Uh, but the Chiefs ran the ball on early downs, first and second down, 18 times. When they did, they averaged negative .31 EPA per play. That's expected points added. So they lost about a third of a point 
every time they ran the ball on first and second down. Gained uh, about uh, about a quarter of a point every time they threw the ball on first and second down. The short version of that, if you're saying, okay, Josh, what's the math there? So what are you saying? Uh, they don't need to run the ball on first and second down ever again, which has been true for a long time. If you want to put some of it on the Chiefs' uh, offense, that's where I would start. The Colts' offensive charts are vile, which I say as a uh, an amount of praise to the Chiefs' defense that made the Colts' offense absolutely disgusting. Because it was. And they still lost this game 20-17. to 17. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Justin Reid, and perhaps others will eventually be uh, heard right here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Never a bad time to go uh, try out some free CBD. Um, this might be about the best time I've ever seen, though. And what I think is very reasonably uh, to be put up there amongst the worst losses of the, certainly of the Patrick Mahomes era, if not all the way through the Andy Reid era, uh, pretty much irredeemable outside of a, a great game from the defense that became an atrocious ending at the end of otherwise a borderline masterpiece from Steve Spagnuolo, truly. Again, they, they, they gave up 13 points to the Colts up until that last drive. And seven of those directly followed them starting their drive inside the four. No defense in the world stopping that consistently. I'm interested to hear uh, how much crow Andy Reid eats in his presser whenever he gets that. On the road, there's some more moving parts, so we'll get that when we get it. Um, But there's just the coaching issues all across the board in this game. Not just Andy Reid. I mean... I, and, and there are execution issues as well. Again, if, if Tommy Townsend hits uh, Noah Gray, we're probably saying, oh, and the, they finally unplugged the, the football and the Chiefs are moving again because of a 4th and 11 conversion from Tommy Townsend to Noah Gray. Because they didn't trust their kicker, rightfully so. Execution, calls, 4th downs, end of the first half. I will not tolerate any spag slander today. Everybody else can probably catch these hands a little bit. Those are the ground rules for the phones. 913-3810-810. They're, they're full right now, though, so if you're trying to call in, just wait a minute. I'll work through a few before we get to the uh, to the pressers and whatnot. Gary, I feel like you're the man to lead us off today. What's up, sir? Well, like Ron White said, you can't fix stupid. There isn't a pill for it. There isn't a cure for it. If I'd have been on that sideline, I think I would have punched Chris Jones in the jaw. That way he would have had to have it wired shut. We wouldn't have to listen to that anymore because I don't care what the situation is. Get off the field. If he tells you anything, next play out when you're up against him, go out there and lay him out. Don't talk to the guy. Actions speak louder than words. Well, his words cost his team today. Offensively, the last you can really go back. You can take the Arizona game off because that was a bad football team. Going back to that Cincinnati game, this offense is horrendous. They had a good quarter and a half against the Bengals in the AFC Championship. They have they take the Arizona game out of it. Have they really been productive? No. And you know, fifteen needs to take some responsibility for this too because he's getting too much money. And I think you're showing you're seeing right now how much this team misses that number one wide receiver because you're throwing to three average receivers out there. And when you get teams that can play defensively, that can take average receivers out of a game, you're seeing what you're going to get for the rest of the season. And going to Tampa next week, do you really think it's going to get any better against that Tampa defense? It's time for Mahomes to step up, make some plays, make these guys better. Tom Brady does it. If he wants to be 
considered one of the great ones by the time he's done. It's time for him to step up and start making plays. Quit looking over at Eric the enemy. Quit doing the puppy dog eyes. Make a play. That's all you got to do. I'm tired of it. I mean, he's getting too much money now, and he's at the point in his career where he can start having some arrows flung his way. This is his team now. It's his job to make these guys better. Is he doing it? No. And he's the leader of this football team. He's the one that needs to go up and put two fingers in somebody's chest. Do your job. That's his job now. Is he doing it? I'm going to go out and limit. I'm going to say no because the performance in three of the last four games he's played in has been, I don't care what the defenses are, good quarterback can make good defenses look average. And is he doing that? No. So two of the next three games, you've got the Tampa defense next week. I don't see them winning on the road next week. They'll come home, probably beat the Raiders. Buffalo, that could that that's a game that's going to go either way depending on the health of the Bills defense. But it's time for Mahomes to step up. And if anybody thinks this team's going to make a deep run in January like it is now, you're crazy because this is an average football team right now. I'll hang up and listen. Great show, Josh. Appreciate you, Gary. Um, yeah, I think we will hear Patrick Mahomes take ownership of some of the stuff here today. I, I do think there will be elements of that. That that missed deep shot, it's really early in the game, so we don't often think of these as being back-breaking. But think about it if towards the end, that, that deep shot to MVS early on. I don't know if he uh, overshot Valdez Scantling or if he or if MVS uh, pulled up or, or, or didn't get the release that Mahomes was expecting. But it, it the end result of that one was the ball was about a yard too far in front of MVS for what should have been a what a seventy something yard touchdown. I, I also do think there's a little bit of a double edged sword here. I think the point about hey this team doesn't have a number one receiver. I, this is the first time that you've seen that kind of re- potentially rear its head, and, and I think there's something to that, Gary, where. You've got Travis Kelsey, who seems like he's always open for some chunk of yardage, but are you going to be able to see the explosive plays that this offense and that Patrick Mahomes has become so known for? My hunch is that overall, by the, by the end of this season, you're going to see more of, a, of a, a relationship between Mahomes and MVS where those deep shots do start falling at some point. I think we will look back on this game as where as in the, the pre-chemistry era for Mahomes and Valdez Scantling, I don't know that, and it didn't help him any today. And by the end of the season, where are you starting from? Uh, the to specifically go down like what's coming up on the schedule. The Buccaneers are injured and not great right now. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens against the uh, the Buccaneers. I think that game just started. It'll be interesting to see how the Buccaneers and the Packers. I mean, the Bills are injured. They just lost to the Dolphins. All sorts of things. Lots of places you can you can kind of wiggle around and find find your concerns here. I think they're pretty much all valid. This game should have been like a 20-point blowout. And that's maybe the inverse of the thing that got a lot of fans mad against the Chargers last week. People were saying, well, actually, the, you know, the Chargers should have won that game. The Chiefs should have won this game. That is not me. I hope you can hear this in my voice. That is not me telling you that we should be setting them free of their sins here. That is not the case. The Chiefs should have won this game by just being, just being grown-ups. Just handling their business, as we say. Anywhere across the, anywhere across the, the, the table. Anybody. Anybody other than the defense would have done their job today, they win this game probably convincingly. Mahomes was holding onto the ball a lot. 
in a long time. The offensive line was not giving him much in the way of pockets. And my guess, hard to know for sure on the broadcast, we just watched it all live, now we're talking, so we'll see. I bet the All-22 is not going to reveal a whole lot of separation between Chiefs wide receivers and Colts defensive backs. Which goes back to the number one receiver, someone who can kind of make their own make their own space. That I wonder if I wonder if that's gonna bubble up to the surface whenever we take a closer look here. Because Mahomes doesn't hold on to the ball for no reason very often. I mean, sometimes he'll kind of, you know, be trying to make a bigger play, looking around, hunting for a, a, a nice shot. But the offense was constipated today. I don't think Mahomes is playing hero ball. I think he missed one or two throws. Kelsey dropped what should have been a touchdown. I think Juju kind of bailed him out on that 150-some yard. That ball was a little bit behind him, and he, he made it work. I don't, I don't think you're going to hear a defensive Patrick Mahomes postgame today. Everybody can get some of this blame. Nobody more than the entirety of the special teams because everybody there had some sort of horrible mistake, but Mahomes, Mahomes will take a little, bit of, a little bit of heat on this one, and, and I think a little bit of it will be justified. Uh, next up, we got Butch. Butch, talk us down from the ledge, or uh, or push us off it, Butch. What's on your mind? <laughs> uh, sometimes you gotta laugh to keep from crying, right? <laughs> it sounded like your sounded like your Joker origin story just got aired on national television. What's up, man? Yeah, I'm definitely uh, standing on the rooftop of my apartment, trying to convince myself not to end it all right now. Everybody, get another, get another hobby. Get something else you enjoy. I've got some great video game recommendations, some great movies out there. Maybe skip Sunday Night Football tonight. Just a little P- check in on your friends today, everybody. This, this is a good point, right? Because whatever. It's a long season. And I don't need to rehash all the reasons why the Chiefs lost this game. It was very clear. I'll say this much. Here's they're just the reason why I'm disappointed, and I'll get out of here. So this is now a couple weeks in a row where – the questions that we ask ourselves, not even more so, yeah, maybe it is about having a number one receiver, but I ask myself, man, when it's third down and they're running 87 in the leverage, he can't come off of, you know, you use those option routes because he's being bracketed or they got one over the top and he's getting stabbed at the line of scrimmage. Who does Patrick Mahomes want to throw the ball to? He doesn't know. Andy Reid doesn't know. Eric Bieniemy doesn't know. All the other guys you brought in don't really know. They, they don't know. They're trying to get it figured out on the fly. And, and figuring it out on the fly doesn't work in the NFL. It just, it just hasn't. Shout out to Gus Bradley. He learned. Yeah. He finally has the defense that he can use now to do the things that he did in Seattle and Los Angeles. He has a front four where he just has to rush four. He can get a little bit of pressure up the middle without having to do a whole lot. We can run a couple stunts, you know, a couple twists and what have you. Yannick Ngakwe. Oh, Orlando Brown Jr. lost the rep. Where he tried to take one step back into his pass pro fell and just laid there. Yeah. I felt like if he could put a mic on him, he was probably laughing. Couldn't yeah. believe that he just – I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm a little concerned. We'll get it figured out. I know we will. But right now, it's ugly. What do they want to do? What do they want to do? Oh, God. No flavor to savor today, Butch. Appreciate the call, though. Just saw a quote here. Don't know if this is from the locker room or podium or what the whole situation is. Again, we're on the road. We're going to get every every piece of audio we collect today will eventually be brought to, to the show. Uh, but Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star just tweeted, quote, I thought we were having a conversation with one another. I was clearly surprised. Chris Jones on the late flag. 
I just think bleep like that happens all the time. I hate those calls in a big moment, man. I promise that's not me being a homer. And I, if you listen to the show ever, I hate referee talk. I hate it. They're by far the least important part of the game. They exist to enforce the rules to make sure nobody is blatantly breaking them. When, we're, when we end up talking about the ref, something's gone horribly wrong. In this case, yeah, something did. I, I don't know how you throw that flag in that moment, man. If Chris Jones didn't say something criminal, like on a literal sense, I don't know how you throw that flag. Not the biggest takeaway from this game. I, I think we would have had a lot of the same energy if this game would have ended uh, 17-13, or at least I would have. Because I, I told you this whole week coming in, not just if the Chiefs lost, but if the Chiefs didn't control this game. I was going to start with something negative on the postgame show. And uh, that's what it would have been. Flabbergasting. Next up, we got David. David, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHP. What's up, David? Okay, I think this game was lost because Andy Reid does not know how to tell his receivers how to act on kickoffs and punt returns. If you're on the 10-yard line, you shouldn't be trying to field the ball. You should try to block people and let the ball go into the end zone. Furthermore, uh, when you do catch and run it back, the way the rules are set up now, I mean, you're almost sure to get a clipping penalty. And and on that last and on that last kickoff, I mean, even though we got a penalty that gave us 15 yards and a, and a little bit of a, a hope, um, look how much look how much time was run off while this guy was out there juking around. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why. I learned this when I was a kid reading the NFL playbook. I mean, look if, if on kickoff returns and punt returns, if the if 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 you can't catch the and field the ball. Uh, ahead of the ten yard line, then what? Then don't do it. I mean, it's just it's crazy. I, I I don't understand. Year after year, this is the one weak point in the Chiefs in the Chiefs game. Uh, and and as to Chris Jones, I think what he said probably was criminal. Now now there's a tradition of not you know using criminal law in, in sports, even when crimes do occur on the field. But um, but uh, it had to be something pretty pretty juicy i think for that mm. cop to throw the flag and and i think the team owes it to us to say word for word what he said and, and i'm not buying that they were having a conversation uh i don't think you, you go out on the football field to have a conversation yeah uh david i appreciate the call i think your special team's points are great ones i the only thing if i was going to hazard an effort to poke a hole in that, I would say that it is kind of just cruelly funny that Sky Moore muffs the first one and then he lets the second one go and they down it at the one. I wonder—I don't know this. This is this is a question I probably should have found the answer to before I ask it on the radio. But could he just go push the other Colt into the end zone so that his momentum takes him in so it's a touchback instead of getting down at the one? I wonder that in real time. Sky Moore was not moving that direction at that point, probably because at that point he was afraid to touch the football. Um, I don't know. Just an irredeemable day for special teams. I, I have very little to add on that front. Uh, again, on the Chris Jones front, I do think this might be McDowell in the locker room uh, tweeting, uh, Chris Jones says he, you take this for what you will, just reading verbatim. Chris Jones said he doesn't remember exactly what he said, but he took full blame for the loss. But when I asked if he's done this type of thing before without a flag, he said, quote, listen, I've never been flagged for talking. So it might be. I mean, I, I, I think that's legitimate, right? 
I, I can't think of a time that I've ever seen Chris Jones get flagged for talking, and I do not love the trial program for that to come in an enormous moment late in a close game. Not the time to not the time to get your little taunting heat check in if you're wearing uh, black and white pinstripes. Not a fan. Next up, we got Carter. Carter, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHP. What's up, man? Yeah, I just got a comment for Chris Jones. Learn how to shut up sometime, man. Really. I mean, just, just that comment. Learn how to shut up sometime. You have caused me eight grand. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I... I had nothing to add. Some of you are making real good points today. I guess I'm going to keep blowing through the phones. I, it, it is very frustrating. I, I have a little bit of sympathy for Chris Jones in that moment. Again, that being the first time that he's been flagged for something like that. And also, would be great to not be the time that you're talking too much. Also, you're in the fourth quarter of a game where you've been trying to kill that dude wearing number two for a while. You finally squish him at the end. The game's over. More or less, maybe one more play left, and you speak. You're just there's a there's a narc standing by. I don't know, man. I'm a little bit of I I absolutely understand being frustrated with Chris Jones. I'm also frustrated with the ref in that circumstance. I think there's a little bit of both. Next up, we got Kyle. Kyle, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Yes, uh, I want to forget about the Chris Jones. I think sure. that that could have lost the game, but. This is where I'm frustrated with is I'm going to talk about a little bit about Eric Bieniemy and Mahomes. You know, in the AFC Championship game, I remember there was some argument between that between that uh, him and Mahomes last year in the AFC Championship game, and we lost because of uh, of their argument. And now here we are again against this Colts. Mahomes is upset over Bieniemy because of, uh, because of the end of the half. Mahomes had 20 seconds left. Mahomes wanted to run another play. This is, uh, I think it's got to be, I don't want to blame the whole coaching staff because I love Andy Reid and I like Dave Tobe and I like all the guys, but uh, Eric Bieniemy, I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's Mahomes. I don't know which one is, but either way, I think it's one of these two is holding back our offense. And I think Eric Bieniemy needs to go. This is this, I'm getting. I I don't think Mahomes is doing what he wants to do with Bieniemy because I think Bieniemy may be holding him back. I'll take your thoughts on that. Also, I think it was the Chris. I don't want to blame the whole Chris Jones, even though he did. Everybody's blaming Chris Jones that cost us this game. But I can think of other plays too that cost us this game. Oh yes, the, yes. The, the, the kicking, the, yes. the special teams unit. Yes. Where our kicker missed two extra point, a field goal and an extra point. Yep. That could have won us the game. Four and points. that's why the Jets released this kicker because he, he couldn't even kick with the Jets. Yep. So this team, this is what we need. Harrison Buckner needs to come back. I hope, and I don't wish injury on anybody injuries are just bad but i hope buckner comes back sooner rather than later because we need harrison buckner back big time and we need but there needs to be some changes to this coaching staff i think matt Nagy needs to take the reins mm. or something but I, i'm sorry to take up all your time You're right. but i'll listen off the air but i think eric b needs to go appreciate the call kyle let me i, I can uh I can split the difference on a couple things here for you. I think first of all, yeah, the kicking stuff. I mean, yeah, it, if the tur- here, this is the here's your butterfly effect, right? And again, please don't hear me make this as an excuse. Just something I think is kind of interesting. 
if the Arizona Cardinals have a better field, the Chiefs might have won this game by one point. It's the circle of life. I mean, how bonkers is that? If the Arizona Cardinals don't have their turf fold under Harrison Butker's plant foot, the Chiefs probably win today. They are, uh, you know what? They are winning today because they're also making the field goal instead of going for that fake on 4th and eleven. So they probably win this game today with Harrison Butker just kicking for them. Should never have gotten to that. Not an excuse. This does not make this a loss for the Arizona Cardinals. But just another bonkers thing about all of this. Um, I think Matt Nagy is on this staff to be the next offensive coordinator. If that was on DraftKings, maybe I could make back some of the money I lost for believing in the Chiefs today. I'm not bitter. I'm just mad. (laughs) I am absolutely bitter. I hate being right and then being wrong. That's why point spreads are so frustrating to me sometimes. My logic going into this game was that the Colts stink. And I was right. I still lost my money. The Chiefs stunk worse. For one game. Ugh. With that being said, I think Matt Nagy is going to be the next offensive coordinator of this team. I think it's probably going to be next year. I do not know if Eric Bieniemy is going to get a head coaching job. I do not think that Andy Reid is going to kick Eric Bieniemy to the curb for anything other than an absolutely mandatory reason. And I do not think Eric Bieniemy would be the offensive coordinator of this team right now if Patrick Mahomes hated him. I really don't. They, they could have had some sort of mutual parting of ways last offseason. He could have gone to go be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. Maybe that is the move this upcoming offseason. I don't know. But I do not want to levy all of this against Eric Bieniemy, even though I think that he was absolutely in the wrong, along with Andy Reid, I imagine, at the end of that first half. And there is, is some sort of disagreement that we'll see there every once in a while. We saw it on TV today. I did not think that there was... Look... Travis Kelsey shoved Eric Bieniemy on camera. Was that in the Super Bowl season? En route to the Super Bowl, I believe. Could have been. Tw- I think that was 2019 regular season. Football is fast, violent, emotional. Leaves very little room for nuance, especially in real time. A 40-second play clock turns into a five-second play clock pretty much quicker than you could ever imagine in terms of getting everything translated through. And these are tremendously competitive, I'm going to say this word lovingly, lunatics playing and coaching and making these games happen. Again, I say lunatics in a loving term where you just, you have to be so consumed by this sport if you're a player or a coach or whatever. It has to envelop you. And then on Sundays, that is what the, the work you've put, the countless, countless, infuriating, I'm sure, draining hours of work you put in during the week, they come out on the field, and if you're Patrick Mahomes, you did that work to have the ball taken out of your hands on third down at the end of the first half? That's infuriating. If you're Eric Bieniemy, your quarterback is looking back and, and saying, hey, why are we doing, why, why are I'm you know, questioning you, the offensive coordinator? If you're the offensive coordinator at that spot, you say, hey, man, I'm, I'm making my decisions the best I can with our best interests in mind, and conflict will come from that. We're doing radio here. And changes from, uh, you want to go coordinator and quarterbacks? It changes from show to show. It changes from person to person. But in every work environment in the world, you're going to have tension that occasionally bubbles up. It's just not very often going to be on national television. I don't think that this is like some major rift 
that, that is formed or forming. I'm sure there was conflict at halftime in the AFC Championship game. I don't, I don't really doubt that. I'm guessing there's conflict at halftime anytime the Chiefs' offense is not humming. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, Patrick Mahomes, and Chad Haney, if you will, are all having different perspectives on offense a little bit. Makes some sense to me. It's not a great look. I do wonder just if... I mean, certainly Eric Bieniemy feels he should be a head coach by now, and presumably Patrick Mahomes feels like he should get Maybe an equal say in this offense, at least for everyone other than Andy Reid. I would agree with that. I'd like to give Patrick Mahomes more of the reins because you see him on the field on fourth and short trying to wave in a play, and sometimes that's Andy Reid waving him back. Sometimes it's Eric Bieniemy calling something and whatever it is. You're going to have some tensions that occasionally come out in real-time disagreements. Of all of the absolute unfiltered bull bleep in this game today, I will tell you that that is pretty low on my list. We all noticed it. Eric Bieniemy will be asked about it on Thursday. Dave Tobe's going to have one of the most unpleasant Thursdays of his coaching career in his press conference this week. If it wasn't for that drive at the end, Steve Spagnuolo could have come in on a flying carpet, just hovering off the ground. And then, unfortunately, the defense collapses at the end. He's probably not going to be in as good a mood because they lost the game. But Eric Bieniemy and Dave Tobe are going to have some rough, some rough run. Um, I'm sure Andy Reid after this game. I, I've heard that he was short, so we will uh, we'll get you that here very shortly as well. It's just a very, very frustrating game where nobody gets to get on that flight back to Indianapolis and say, "Well, at least I did my job," because the closest person to it was Tommy Townsend, and then he he airmailed one over the head of Noah Gray. I don't think anybody's going home feeling good about that effort today. Coaches, players, anybody. Which, if you're a fan, you should feel good about because you're going home feeling miserable also. Miserable effort. Hopefully not a miserable post-game show for your ears, though. I am Joshua Briscoe, the Drake, running the board. Uh, I don't know. I think you would be the coordinator and I would be the quarterback on that setup, right? Because you you know, you can feed me the info in my headset and then I can kind of decide where the ball goes. Hopefully, you know, our uh, our breakdown that we had in the first segment will, will lead to better things than the Chiefs have uh, rolling throughout the rest of this game today because it is just hard to process. Two and one to a team that I just think kind of stinks. We'll talk about it more and also hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Reid, and potentially others whenever we come back here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Amendola on for a 42-yard offense. It's a fake looking to throw. I don't know if that was designed or not, but it's incomplete. I don't know if that was designed or not. Not necessarily the first words you want to hear after an attempted fake field goal. Uh, If that made you really sad, I get it. You would be justified. Maybe you could be made a little bit happier if you got some food from Greengrass Cattle Company. That's brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Company. Visit their store in Weston, Missouri off 45 Highway, less than a mile from the ranch, or order online at greengrasscattleco.com and they'll deliver right to your door. I'll tell you the quality of their beef is tremendous. The way they treat their cattle and raise them there is incredible. I'm actually looking forward to going out there myself and checking out the ranch um, sometime this week, so... They do a great job, and uh, just being able to, to go somewhere where you know they, they're going to handle their business. Probably a nice change of pace after watching this game here today. Uh, thanks again to uh, Green Grass Cattle Co. 
Um, here we go to uh, to Indianapolis and uh, Jesse Newell, uh, frequent uh, guest here on Sports Radio 810 WHB and of the Kansas City Star. He is in Indianapolis and uh, he uh, he posted a clip of Chris Jones after the game discussing the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and everything that went into it. So here via Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star is Chris Jones. Chris, did he express some level of frustration at you for sort of maybe after the snap? Uh, I was frustrated that I got called. Uh, I don't think I said anything horrendous, but you know, um, the official called it, and I can't take it back. So I got to do a better job of playing the game and uh, not saying anything, obviously. Was Matt Ryan talking also? Like, was I thought we was having you? a conversation with one another, but, you know, never know what the official scene could have heard something that was loud. So, you know, I just got to do a better job, man. Chris, uh, playing football. Did you surprised at the flag? Uh, yeah, I was clearly surprised. I didn't think he was going to call the flag when he was clearly you know, having a conversation, but you know, did did you did you get an explanation from the ref? Did you ask for one? There's no need for, for no explanation. You know, the flag was called. That's what he's called. So, you know, can't argue, can't take a flag back. So, next play, Chris, how hard is it just to get past that it happened that way? Oh, uh, it sucks, man. Because I blame myself for that. Um, we was third down. We got off the field. Defense fall hard. And I kind of put us in a situation uh, to get back on the field, and then we got scored on, and that sums up the game. So I take that one. Uh, it was my fault. It was definitely my fault. Uh, as a as a veteran player on this team, I got to be better, uh, you know, with those type of things, especially those situations. Uh, but it won't happen again for me. Uh, I take full blame. Apologize to my team, you know, for. Putting us in that type of situation, it was third down. We was off the field. Would have gave our offense the ball back. So. Did you actually speak to the team explicitly, or are you just sort of saying that in a general way? Just right saying now? it in general, you know. Yeah. Is this the type of thing you feel like you said, done before, without being flagged in the past? Listen, I've never been flagged for talking, or having a conversation. But the game is evolving, man. So we got to learn to adjust as players, and we got to do a better job at it. There you go, Chris Jones, um, talking about everything on that play that kept the drive alive and gave the Colts a chance to win, which they went down and did. He said all the right things there. I know if your response right now probably is saying you wish you would have said all the right things uh, about an hour before that. I hear you. I feel you. I really do. It's really frustrating. I imagine it's very frustrating for him as well. Never being flagged for talking. You have a ref standing right there. And that's something I know pretty confidently. If that referee is out of earshot, that's a non that's a non-factor. We are probably talking about a Chiefs victory right now. Which only makes it more frustrating for Chris Jones, again, who's taken responsibility for it from the refereeing standpoint. I don't like spending a lot of time on the refereeing because it generally affects everybody. But in that specific instant, I don't I do not know how you make that call. I do not know. I didn't think I said anything horrendous. The quote there from Chris Jones. Pretty good. Uh, all right. Well, we've got some uh, some ground to cover. Let's take a couple calls here real quick to get at least to, to uh, George and Paul. Uh, and then we need to hear from Andy Reid. But we'll start with George first. George, appreciate waiting on hold. What's going on? I almost didn't call today, Josh. Hey, as bad as it is, it could be worse. You know, you could be sitting there picking out the flower size for your wedding cake. <laughs> That's why I got to get home, George. Come on. Hey. Bad day. You know, young lady's going to make you choose. 
I think she's gonna. I'm gonna just make her choose. No, no. It, the groom has to get involved in at least one crucial detail. Good point. I'm gonna find something. It might not be flowers. I think she's got the flowers on lock already. All right. So, doesn't NFL Films have an open mic everywhere on the field? It's it's a funny question, George. I don't know. There are certainly guys who are mic'd up. The Chiefs have been doing their franchise stuff in season. Uh, if there was a mic in uh, Chris Jones's uh, jersey or or around him anywhere, I'm guessing that that footage will be lost to time. Well, unless somebody doesn't want it to be. I would love that. I would love that. I don't have access to the archives. If anybody listening does, I'd love to hear them. Yeah. I will leak them. If someone wants to email them to me, I will leak the audio. I'm volunteering now. The other thing, speaking of fame, is how many radio voices have said off-the-cuff things when they thought the mic wasn't hot? 100%. Every single one <laughs> 100% of us. 100% of us, yeah. Yeah. So just, just think, it's, there, if there's a mic potential, there's always the potential for it to be caught. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, Josh, if today... If this game was a day of the week, it would be a Tuesday. Because Wednesday through Friday, you're already on the downhill slide. Monday, you know it's coming, so you gird your loins <laughs> for it. But you can't do a darn thing about a Tuesday. <laughs> and so the Chiefs played a lousy game last year, and we overcame it. You know, uh, the Chiefs played a lousy game this year. We're going to get our kicker back at whatever point the health you know guards will do but uh you know it's going to be okay i would just point out that the referee who called that must have been a second grade school teacher <laughs> because they're the only ones that i know who can hear people talking in the back of the room and catch it <laughs> George, thank you for reminding us to gird our loins for tomorrow. Appreciate you. Sure. Adios. Always good to hear from George. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to blast with everyone who's on the phone right now. If you're not on the phone right now, hold tight. We might uh, open the phones back up later. Or if not, we can open the phones tomorrow on The Zone. I know we'll have uh, open phones for quite a while starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow. So you can start lining up for that if you'd like. we got to get through these calls and then uh, get you to press conferences as well. Next up, we go to Paul. Paul, you're on Sports Radio 810. Hey, Josh, I want to say you never apologize for the win of the NFL. Well, in this case, you apologize for a loss in the NFL. Yes. They owe the fans a loss. So, second point, games in September do matter. This was an AFC conference game. Yep. Buffalo lost a division and a conference game. These games do matter. And uh, we're in a tight AFC conference, which is uh, undoubtedly the best in the NFL. It's going to go down to the wire. That's why this game was so important. And second, does uh, – uh, Tyreek Hill looked like Nostradamus. Hardman <laughs> had one catch for two yards, and I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Pete. I uh, I appreciate it, Paul. It's good stuff. Yeah, and the Dolphins, the Dolphins now, three and zero. The NFLPA is looking into the concussion protocols that uh, were put around to a tongue of Iloa today. We'll see where that ends up. But the the uh, Dolphins got the win, and uh, Josh Allen also went to the X-ray room after the game. I've not seen anything after that, um, but. Uh, a lot of lot of uh, lot of stuff happening there in the uh, AFC East non Patriots region. Have you seen the uh, video of the Bills OC at the end of the game? No, I haven't. Oh, it's 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 floating around out there a lot. It's uh, it's a great little six second watch. Okay, because I felt very similarly today. Yeah, okay, well, th- so so a, a bit of uh, dismay, perhaps. Uh, that's exciting. Fury, rage. <laughs> 
maybe I was dismayed and you were furious and rage filled today. Uh, yeah, I, I end up in kind of a bubble around the uh, whatever window the Chiefs are playing in, so I completely lose sight of other games that are going on. Like, I'm learning right now that the Vikings beat the Lions, but only by four. I knew Miami-Buffalo happened uh, also in the AFC. Um, a lot of pretty surprising results. The uh, the Ravens holding serve over the Patriots, though, makes a lot of sense. So uh, just kind of glossed over oh, the Commanders, the Washington Commanders. Not great. Uh, but yeah, at the top of the AFC, the, the presumed one and two seeds both go down to um, what I would have thought were lesser teams. But yeah, Tyreek Hill, 3-0. and Kansas City Chiefs, 2-1. and If I decide I hate myself, Paul, thank you for pointing that out, I will tweet that out and just let that fly. Then I'll delete Twitter from my phone for a week and uh, be back next weekend. Next up, we've got Phil. Phil, you're on Sports Radio 8 What's going on, Phil? Oh, just bumming. But here's the thing. I've calmed down, and I'm not yelling at anybody, yeah. unlike our good friend Chris Jones. Here's the thing. Chris, Chris Jones spent whatever offseason, last offseason, saying what a, what a wonderful citizen he's been, and he's gotten into no trouble, and he deserves a contract. We paid him millions of dollars and strapped ourselves on the cap by paying him that much money and couldn't pay math out. And he returns the favor by doing what it can only be called a selfish behavior. He didn't get he didn't get blocked in the back by anybody or cut at the knees. He was he was complaining and trash talking to a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's a that has nothing to do with a team effort. He should have been he should have been like Bolton and the other guys responding and saying what a great team effort and and celebrating with his teammates instead he was selfishly complaining and bitching and trash talking a quarterback that deserves a suspension and a fine he won't get a suspension and a fine he'll go home to his million dollar house that he got in a contract because he's such a wonderful citizen he ought to be conciliatory about this he ought to be he should be giving money to charity he should be doing something because that's just that's just inexcusable behavior. If that happened on a high school team or a college team, and you heard about it, you'd be disgusted by the behavior of somebody who's eighteen to twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Instead, we just pay these this guy millions of dollars, and we're not and we don't hold him accountable. He should be held accountable. He should be fined. He should be suspended for a half. It's just ridiculous. That kind of behavior. I mean, the 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 offside in the in the game was a mistake by uh, D Ford. The, by D Ford, and we'll never forget this it. Is, yeah. This this is worse than that. I feel that this is losing your temper and acting like a complete selfish jerk, and it ought to be he ought to be held accountable. And that's all I got to say. Appreciate the call, Phil. I think there's something to some of that. Now, look, I will I will be the one that steps in on a bad time for this and say it. If this defense does not have Chris Jones on it, it is not a 20 point final score for Indy. It, is, it would not have been 13 before all that. Uh, that Chris Jones was one of the reasons those blitzes were so effective today. Just in terms of talking about like his value in terms of salary cap space, I would have given Chris Jones that contract uh, 10 times out of 10. None of that offsets some of the other stuff that you were just saying there, Phil, about you know, he... It, it, Go talk to your teammates instead of talking to Matt Ryan. I think there's something to that. I think it's a lot easier to say that whenever you're not literally getting off of Matt Ryan at that moment. He was there for the sack, right? I mean, I I think that there are some complications to that whole moment. I think there is something to saying, I've never gotten a flag or something like that before, whatever it may be. But that is not an excuse for him to sidestep personal blame here. He has to wear it, and he's going to. Uh, he started. I don't just mean in one, you know, post game interview. I mean 
This is going to be one of the lasting images of this game, and it's going to be something that is is tied to Chris Jones. If you think it's fair or unfair or mandatory or silly or whatever, this is going to be a word association game thing for Chris Jones, which I think is really too bad because he is an, an elite player who has not always been treated as an elite player, even by Chiefs fans for some reason, which has always been sort of odd to me. This is not going to help his case there, though. Again, I'm telling you, I, I believe him to be one of one of the most elite Interior defensive lineman in football. He's not. He's not uh, 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 Aaron Donald, but there aren't a lot of guys that I would say clearly are closer than, than Chris Jones is. And also, it is a a loss that he will wear. He says he takes it personally, takes this loss on himself. You can say that all you want, but it's going to take a lot more from him to make us forget about. Man, remember that crazy penalty against Indy. Well, he's the Super Bowl MVP now, and we've all forgotten. But that's a long ways away. He's going to wear that one for a while. Uh, two more calls here before we need to uh, get to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and others. Travis, you're up next here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Travis? What's up, Briscoe? So, you know, I get this real quick. I get everybody's mad at Chris Jones. He is not the reason we lost that game. Yep. Mahomes missed MBS wide open. Kelsey dropping a touchdown. I believe he dropped another pass earlier in the game. Um, Justin Watson dropping passes. I think some of the bigger issues that are not being talked about is the wide receivers not being productive other than Juju. Yes. I think that is a massive problem going forward. Um, the offensive line, you know, it's supposed to be a strength. It has looked kind of bad the last two weeks. Last week we chalked it up as, oh, the Chargers pass rush is elite, and so that's why. But this week I wouldn't call the Colts pass rush elite. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's elite, but in, in the end – Wiley and Orlando Brown is playing his way right out of town yeah. at the end of the season, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. And then what about the play calling? Do we know, is Big Red calling the plays or is it the enemy? Because I don't know how you feel, but the last two weeks, this offense feels a lot like it did early in the season last year. Mm. And I don't know if it's Big Red giving the enemy a shot. Maybe he was doing that early in the season last year. But this offense felt out of sync it felt confused it looked off two weeks in a row I feel like it looked off last week as well a little bit here and there so I'm wondering if there's some correlation there um as far as as far as that goes um I'm all about uh uh the team getting better I do think that this team might need a new infusion of coaching Dave Tope I get everybody calls him a special teams guru I don't get it they, they don't get they don't get returns that are either uh, with, with no penalties or they're fumbling the ball or I mean the special teams has kind of been a little bit of a disaster over the last couple of years so I don't get the whole Dave Tope thing and I think it's probably time I mean if you're going to have your offensive coordinator John with your your franchise quarterback I, I, I saw some people in the industry tweeting out that it was disrespectful no it's not uh, the 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 quarterback gets the final say. You do not want to get crossed up with your quarterback. If that's the case and if this keeps happening, um, I think it is time for BNME to find another home. I mean, we saw it happen last year in the AFC Championship game. Them two reportedly jawing at each other. And then what happened in the second half? They were terrible. What ha- I mean, they weren't great in the first half of this game, but they were worse in the second half after that incident. So uh, I'm just trying to draw some – I'll draw some lines and kind of stick them together as to how this happened because this is a pretty disappointing and embarrassing loss for the team. 
Incredibly oh, disappointing. Stay on hold for me, Travis, because I want to try to make your day a little bit better, really, through our friends at Greengrass Cattle Co. I'll make you the caller of the day because I, I had very, 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 very little to disagree with you on there. Uh, so Drake will talk to you on the other side. The only the only thing I might pick at is I don't I don't think it's any more in, any more offensive for Patrick Mahomes to be having that interaction with Bienemy at the end of the half than it is for Bienemy to be having it with Mahomes. I'm not pointing fingers at either side there. Um, beyond that, I think I agree with everything Travis just said, which makes you caller the di- caller of the game uh, uh, material right there. That's brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Company, brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Co. Visit their store in Weston, Missouri, off 45 Highway, less than a mile from the ranch. You can order online at Greengrass Cattle Co. That's c- greengrasscattleco.com. They'll deliver right to your door. They raise premium Black Angus cattle. Uh, the, the extra time and work and care they put in to raise these cattle, it comes through in the quality of the meat. It comes through in the quality quality of life for the animals. Uh, it's really tremendous. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed talking to Tim from uh, Greengrass whenever he was in studio a while back and going to try to get out there to the ranch this week and uh, and take a look around and kind of appreciate their process. So uh, appreciate Greengrass Cattle Company for being a part of the show this year, giving us a bright spot in a day that didn't have a ton of them. One more call before press conference time. Uh, that takes us to Phil. Phil, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Phil? Hey, what's happening, partner? Doing what I can. I know, right? Everyone's definitely frustrated after today. But let's think about Chris Jones. I I know that's been the hot topic. Yep. But he's supposed to be a he's supposed to be a leader on this team, right? Mm -hmm. And when you with Chris Jones, he's making thirty million dollars this year, Mm -hmm. and he runs his mouth in at a pivotal point in time, and for all the sports betters out there yes <laughs> yep i think he i think he costs a lot of money i i got fined more today of, than chris jones will is my is my hunch you have more i think i think you, i will my my uh my financial hit today will be more than chris jones's because i do not think he'll be getting fined and i might as well have been no it's not it's not about being fined no no I, i'm just saying you said in in sports betting and all of that i'm 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 just saying that i was also hit today and i, I hear you and I think that's frustrating because you know what? If he keeps his mouth shut, he's make he's due to make. Do we lose you, Phil? Phil, we got you. Yeah. Oh, he, he's we're supposed good. To make tw- he's supposed to make tw- twenty-seven million dollars this year. Yeah, just a little under thirty. Yep. Uh, under thirty, and the leader on the team. Yep. What does that say? I, I'm okay with Sky Moore dropping the ball, having a. a I'd rather have Justin Reed kicking, kicking the ball. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I get, I'm Justin with you. Justin Reed, I would rather have him kicking the ball. I'm okay on the special teams. But as a leader of the defense, what kind of example does that set for a very young defense? Yeah. I Look, dude, I, I think it's a good question, Phil. I, I appreciate your, your, your call and your time. It's a, I think it's a totally fair question. And something that we can't answer ourselves and that's going to be answered within that locker room this year. I think that locker room knows who Chris Jones is. Um, I, I I don't think that they're going to suddenly start tuning him out or start ignoring the fact that he is this team's most impactful defender. Frankly, I I, I think the logic that, that Phil is writing there is reasonable of like, hey, Chris Jones's mistake is more inexcusable than Sky Moore's because of who he is. I think that's totally fair. I really do. Sky Moore cost this team more today than Chris Jones did. And I think you can have a reasonable conversation that lands you somewhere between Chris Jones made a mistake and Chris Jones should not have been flagged for that. 
not speech. Because uh, we also got this from the pool report from the uh, from the referees. Let me grab this again. This is because this is rich. Via Sam McDowell, as a part of the pool report, referee Sean Smith said charge, Chris Jones's uh, flag was quote abusive language towards an opponent. He would not elaborate on what language was quote nothing more specific than that. I mean, totally useless. One hundred percent useless. Sean Smith needs to come out here and drop an mf'er if that's what's in it. Just just give me the text. Let it, we can we can censor it before it reaches the ears of our precious children. But we need to know. What was on the table there? Chris Jones says he can't remember. Sean Smith says he won't say. I hope there was a mic somewhere so I can find out if if Chris Jones said something heinous to Matt Ryan. Maybe I'll change my tune. There is not a lot that I would imagine is worth 15 yards in that moment vocally. But also, I, I hear you on Chris Jones has to be better than that in that in that space. I I do not look, hear me say this. If you say Chris Jones needs to be better there, Chris Jones shouldn't be in that position, Chris Jones needs to turn around and start talking to his teammates and not to Matt Ryan, I do not disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. I would also say I have a very hard time imagining that what Chris Jones said to Matt Ryan there was the worst thing even said on that football field today. And for that to be 15 yards in that moment, I continue to say strikes me as improper. Is that reasonable? I'm playing both sides on that one a little bit, but I think I think it's worthwhile. Okay, we will take a break. We will come back and we will begin hearing from the rest of the Chiefs who speak today. That's Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Justin Reid. We already heard that clip from Chris Jones. And I think that's it. A quick podium today on the road after a loss. Uh, I have already heard that Andy Reid was not terribly verbose this afternoon. We will hear from all of them on the other side of this timeout. This is the Sports Radio 810 WHB Postgame Show. My name is Joshua Briscoe. Appreciate you being along the ride uh, for a not-so-fun postgame show after a devastating loss. Maybe I could offer you some CBD in this trying time. Uh, because when Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team's score is your percent off. They didn't score as big as usual. They scored 17 points. But you get 17% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more. And I think we're all needing it a little more tomorrow. So uh, go ahead and go make your order at CBD American Shaman. Get 17% off all day tomorrow. Because CBD American Shaman, life is better with the feather. Single back right, first and goal from the three. Mahomes out of the shotgun, gets the snap, fires, touchdown! Into the end zone, Travis Kelsey again! It was nice to have at least one sweet play. That is our sweet play of the game, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by any KC location for that man, Travis Kelsey's 87 and running concrete, and help raise money for that worthy cause. 87 and running and Andy's Frozen Custard, the perfect option play for KC fans everywhere. Appreciate Andy's Frozen Custard for being a part of the show. Could use some Andy's Frozen Custard to uh, just try it. Drake's just nodding his head like a bobblehead over there. We really... We always, we always need a little custard. After a loss, I feel like I need a lot of Andy's frozen custard. Also wouldn't mind uh, Andy's frozen headset. Hello. It's not fair, but it's maybe mildly funny. We will let Andy speak for himself. Not the frozen custard, but the, the head coach in this instance. Uh, as Andy Reid's press conference is always brought to you by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Andy Reid is presented by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. 
We'll start at the top here with Andy Reid, uh, talking about the injuries, his general thoughts on the game, and here in his opening statement. All right. Um, there are no injuries to give you. Uh, I will tell you that um, I didn't have our guys uh, ready to go well enough, and it's my responsibility. Could have put our guys in a lot better positions during that game and uh, didn't take advantage of that. So I thought we had some real good downs, but we also had some turnovers and and uh, some mistakes uh, that shouldn't have taken place. And um, we'll correct those and get ourselves back ready to go. So for that time, Josh. I mean, Andy Reid's always going to say that he's got to be better because that's how he starts things whenever the Chiefs lose, but it rang pretty true today. Um, you have a week and a half to prepare for the Indianapolis Colts. Your offense gives you 17 points. Your special teams gives you a wet fart, and your defense gives you everything it can until the last drive of the game when your star defensive player then gives you a penalty. I mean, it's just... It's just a lot going in the wrong direction, which one of the reasons that I felt so good about this game for the Chiefs coming into it is it was going to take everything going wrong. And it did. Didn't believe in the Colts' offense. I was right. Thought everything would have to go wrong for the Colts to be in that game late. I was right. That even then they might need a miracle. They got one. Doesn't matter how right you are leading up to the week if the final score ends with the other team's name up first. Uh, the special team's mistakes, I think, really are the headline of this game. Andy Reid addressed those in particular. Yeah, well, yeah, listen, you, you know, in the NFL, there, there's, uh, the parity is crazy. So any mistakes get magnified, and that's just how it goes. And so we got to clean that up. we got to clean it up, and, and we'll get that taken care of. I mean, he's right. And they made a lot of bleep of mistakes. I, I, we got to clean that up. Just isn't very actionable. I don't know what I expect Andy Reid to say. I always get frustrated with his post game press conferences after losses because it's I got to be better. We got to be better. Things have got to get better. Say so, okay, well, what it, can we get some action steps on that? Can we can we please hear what it is that specifically is going to be addressed? Um, and we never will. And that's fine. Andy is going to keep the door shut on that one. I get it. You, it. Head coaches are out here to give us as little information as possible, and they're mandatory times to speak. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I could have, I could have answered that question. Maybe I could answer this one as well. I talked about getting the offense in rhythm. This one obviously will directly reflect on Andy Reid's uh, specialty uh, on the offensive side of the football. What's it going to take to get this offense going? Yeah, um, you know what, I, I've got to make sure I'm putting the guys in a better position and get get us in a rhythm. I've got to get us in a, do a better job, of get us in a rhythm, and uh, that's not taking place. So, um, you know, we, we got to. I gotta go back and look at that. I'll give you an easy one. Uh, running the ball on first and second down was a, a nightmare for the Chiefs today. It's been a nightmare for them every time they've done it. Um, somebody joked, "I was." It's been a year since I had my whole uh, hospital almost dying thing. I'm good, everybody. Don't worry about it. But I, I had went back and found one of those tweets, and somebody had asked uh, if uh, if I actually was hospitalized because I kept watching the Chiefs run the ball on second and long. I wasn't then, but I might be this time. I actually don't know how long those second down runs were today, uh, but it wasn't working. The, the running game is not very good. The, the the short yardage game is an absolute nightmare. And you want to get into a, into a rhythm, I, I guess you let Patrick Mahomes deal, but Patrick Mahomes has a harder time dealing whenever there's constantly pressure. Uh, the offensive line wasn't good enough in this game. Uh, Orlando Brown was getting was getting worked by Yannick Ngakwe, who's like 75 years old. 
I don't I don't know, man. I mean, and maybe that's why Andy Reid's press conference is about um, about as uh, as useful as my third party observations. Because I, I I think you could just go out there and you could throw like four dudes under the bus and say, yeah, this game this game does not end this way if Sky Moore catches punts and if. Um, Patrick Mahomes hits MVS, and if, if Orlando Brown Jr. doesn't have, I think from first watch, probably his worst game as a Chief. You can just throw those three dudes straight under the bus if you want. Andy Reid's not going to do that because he's a head coach, has to manage a locker room and all of that. I, I get it. That's a decent thing to do. But it just makes his, uh, his press conferences not quite as informative as you might like. On this one, though, very interested to hear from Andy Reid talking about Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes in the moment the three of them all had right before halftime. No, I, yeah, that, there wasn't. I, I, I'm sure that's how it looked, but it, there really wasn't. I say he wanted to go for it, obviously. He, no, not a hail mary, something else that we have in the plan. But, but, I thought it was best not to do it. So he was just—he's a competitive kid, you know, and he wants to, you know, take advantage of every opportunity. I thought it was best just to let that ride there. But it really—if you heard the words that were said—that wasn't. I don't know how it looked to you guys, but it, it wasn't a confrontation at all. That's not what it was. I actually believe Andy Reid on that one. I think he, watching it in real time, it was, oh, we're watching a conversation while these dudes leave the field. He, Andy Reid didn't have, Andy Reid jumped, you know, I, I just almost did the thing. Andy Reid then made his way to, ha, to, to, to the tunnel and kind of like put his arm on Patrick Mahomes' arm and like kept him moving. It wasn't a baseball fight where Andy Reid came sprinting in from the bullpen to try to throw himself between the two of them so they didn't go, come to blows at midfield. I don't know. I'm, I am pre-disappointed by the narratives that are going to spring out of that one. Last one here from Andy Reid, the Chris Jones penalty, what he saw, what he thought, and uh, what happened afterwards. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't see any pushing or shoving. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you know, two, there were two guys talking to each other. I know that. And it seemed like... Um, Chris got called on that, so uh, I guess the best advice would be don't talk. Yep, I mean, it is. He's right. Chris Jones knows he's right. Chris Jones said as much. It's, uh, you can say don't talk, and also, I believe, you can say how do you throw that flag if you're the ref in that spot. I just think that one's both. I think that one is absolutely both. I don't know if it's 50-50, 60-40, 90-10, but both elements of that need to be included in that conversation. I also understand why Andy Reid wasn't going to say uh, that he was confused by the call because that would have cost him more money than he would like to pay for criticizing referees, I suppose. So there you go. Andy Reid in a very short press conference. Patrick Mahomes had more to say, and his press conference is brought to you by Xfinity. Patrick Mahomes' press conference brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity Internet. Stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed, reliability, and coverage you need. Can your internet do that? We'll start with Patrick Mahomes starting most general here. His thoughts on the game and the loss and how all that came together. Yeah, I mean, we just didn't play good enough, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, starting with me. Um, obviously, we, we, we missed some kicks and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we we had multiple opportunities to score. So, I mean, we have to find ways to get the ball in the end zone. And that starts with me. You can't just get yards. we got to be able to get in the end zone when we're down there. He's right. And uh, we talked about that in the, the very beginning of the show. Gary said, hey, Mahomes got to take some ownership here. He's going to do that throughout this these, these 11 clips that you're going to hear. I imagine that's a, a theme. And he's right. The offense wasn't good enough. They had opportunities they did not capitalize on. And also, 
special teams was atrocious, and also that last defensive drive, etc., etc. Plenty of places to spread the blame around, from my perspective, including the offensive line. I'm guessing Patrick Mahomes probably won't blame the O-line, but he was asked for his assessment for what they did today in the trenches. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of money in that defensive front. They got a lot of great players, so... I mean, obviously, I, I got to go back and watch the film. But I thought they battled, um, and it's my job to get the ball out of my hand, and I felt like I was holding a little too long in certain situations, and I got to be better in that, in that instance. And um, I think I got better as the game went on, but two slow starts in a row, you got to get better in the first half. He ran again. No notes. Uh, other than he said they were battling. I think that's quarterback code for they were losing. <laughs> they were trying and losing. Otherwise, you would say they were dominating or they were crushing it. They were battling is code for they were battling and losing. Just is what it is. Um, so that's a little frustrating, but just is where this offensive line's at right now, apparently. It will be interesting to go back and see uh, on a second pass if anything else jumps out to you there. Uh, beyond that, holding on the ball a long time is oftentimes an indicator that he has not found anybody downfield who has created their own space, which makes me a little bit worried about these pass catchers. That's just it's the first time that's really been pressing, and it seems like it might be today. Uh, here's Patrick Mahomes talking about that uh, that that halftime moment with Eric Bieniemy and, and his side of what happened there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll, I I'm, I wanted to go try to score. I mean, that's just who I am. Um, we were in a tough situation. I believe it was like second or third and twenty or and something like that, and. The probably the smart decision was to just take we had got the ball out of half. Let's just go to the go to halftime. But I'm always gonna be wanting to score. And I mean, I pretty much just said, let me have a chance at it. And then he was just like, let's let's, let's get back in our locker room and we'll we'll get something going for the next half. And um, I guess uh, I don't know if that's an altercation, but I mean, that was just that was the end of the conversation. No, yeah, it was just it, it was the run because. Uh, I try to go deep the first two times and obviously they were in a, like a deep coverage. And I was just, all I, all I said was, I, I was, I'm not going to turn it over. I'll get it out, try to get to the sideline and get us a chance to kick a field goal. But I mean, it's a tough situation. I mean, I'm me, I'm on the field. I'm playing. I want to always try to go score. That's who I am. Um, but that's their job is to make sure they manage the game the right way. And um, I mean, we, we had multiple chances to win after that. We just got to be better in the second half. I think that is 10,000% reasonable, and I think also completely honest. I, I I think that explains where we're at here. I, it, I don't think that one has to be more than that. I think that one was he wanted to go for it, and the coaches said we don't want to risk it. And Patrick Mahomes wants to score, and these coaches are largely pretty conservative. NFL coaches end up going into their shell a lot more often than you'd think for a game this uh, aggressive at times. I, I just don't think this one's that that, that complicated. Uh, the offense, though, also maybe a little too complicated, maybe not complicated enough. I'm not sure. But Patrick Mahomes was asked, what needs to change within this offense? We got to gel all together. I mean, it starts with me. I mean, there were certain throws I was putting on guys' back hips instead of in front of them. Um, there were certain situations where um, we were just barely off. If it was a D-lineman got around my feet and I missed Justin Watson or if it was – um, a throw at the end of the game where I could have maybe tried to put it in front of Juju and it gets tipped up for a pick. I mean, it's it's just little things like that. Whenever you're playing a tough game like that, you have to execute at a higher level, and uh, we have to learn from it. I mean, our schedule gets no easier. We go to, we have a, a hard game Sunday night football against Tampa next week with a great defense. Um, so we have to get better quickly, and if we don't, uh, we don't want these L's to start piling up. We want to make sure we get back on that winning train. Yeah, they it, that's all true, and they are going to have a big test. Again, yes, prime time once more. Sunday Night Football next week. 
enjoy your red zone leading up to that, but then in prime time, what will the Chiefs look like? Um, I don't think it looked like this, but I don't know why this looked like it did today. So that's uh, that's something we're gonna have a few days to decode. Uh, we can now go the way all the way back to the uh, to what the Colts specifically did do today. However, that was the next question for Patrick Mahomes. What was the Colts' game plan that, that ended in those results? Yeah, I mean they're playing deep. I mean that's that's their goal is to make us drive the field, make us execute. I had the one in the first first drive. I missed uh, Marquez. Um, I got to hit that, especially in games like this. Uh, if I hit that throw, it's probably a whole different ball game. But other than that, I mean, they played back the entire game. They let us drive the field, and they stopped us in the red zone. I'm sure that was their game plan going in. They executed it uh, well. Well, I mean, yeah, they they did. And I'm I'm curious if this next clip's going to play right into that, talking about the growing pains of this offense. I don't know if this will be about the pass catchers or something else, but I could certainly see. Um, the follow-up being about the pass catchers and some of the issues they had today. I mean, I, I don't expect any growing pains. I mean, you, you obviously have new players, and you don't know how they're going, how everybody's going to respond in tough situations. So um, you know we can learn from it. Um, but for me, I'm always going out there with the expe- expectation that we're going to win. Interesting. Okay, so that, the context there being, you know, hey, do you expect growing pains for a new group like this, and, and maybe you know pack in a little bit of um, logic behind a, a game like this one? Uh, no, this this team is moving too fast to be ready to lose a game to the Colts because they had a miscommunication somewhere or something. But yeah, I, I'm with Mahomes on that one as well. Uh, but so uh, they they had to move on from some mistakes today. That's question uh, up for Mahomes here now. But also have to continue learning from what they're doing. Here's what Mahomes had to say about that concept. You can't let it carry over. I mean, you got to just kind of respond. I mean, even though. We had the early mistakes and stuff like that. I mean, we trust those guys in those positions. That's why we keep going back to them. Um, uh, for us as the offense, we got to make it where those little mistakes don't cause a loss. I mean, we had multiple chances to get in the end zone. If we get in the end zone one time and, uh, and so don't stall out in the red zone that second half, the game's over. So, I mean, it's just with the defense plays like this, the defense plays like they did today and they've played this whole season, we got to win these football games. Yeah, they do, and this this should not have been one that the Chiefs struggled with. Just really should not have been. Uh, maybe the biggest reason again, I don't you don't want to put a game on one dude, but man, it just could not have started worse for Sky Moore. Uh, Mahomes was asked about the uh, the mistakes that, that Moore made in punt return, and I imagine what um, what they had to say to each other if Mahomes had said anything to Sky Moore. Yeah, to try to keep him involved. Yeah, I talked to him. I mean, we have full trust in Sky. He's talented. Um, he makes he made one mistake. I mean, at the end of the day, he made one mistake um, that that ended up. Uh, causing a touchdown, but I think he'll make a lot of plays in that Chiefs uniform that uh, will be positive for us, and so we're going to keep going back to him and keep giving him chances to make plays. Yeah, I mean, he made two mistakes. I, I think that it's funny because he probably was a little gun-shy on that next one, and then he lets the pump bounce, and it's at the one-yard line, and the Chiefs don't do anything offensively out of that. It started with a Clyde run for nothing, um, so, you know, whatever, but uh, a frustrating day, certainly, for Sky Moore. I imagine he will eventually get involved. Um, no targets for him in the offense today. I think he only played a couple of snaps last week. I don't remember seeing him on the field today. I'm, I don't know that he got an offensive snap. Uh, or if he did, it was maybe on a running play, or it certainly never went his direction. Which is what I expected coming into this year. I, you know, anytime I had a chance to do it, I did a fantasy podcast. I said, "Look, don't let this be, don't let this be a, an indictment on Sky Moore." But I don't, don't draft him in your fantasy league. I do not expect him to be involved early in his rookie year. That's not about Sky Moore. That would be true if they would have drafted George Pickens or or Alec Pierce. Um, I mean, whatever it would have been. I, I just think that learning curve is pretty high on an offensive standpoint. Um, unfortunately for Sky Moore today, and he he saw the field in special teams, and and made one huge error and then another one that was also pretty impactful. 
Uh, Mahomes here talks about the offense struggling, even with the defense playing well. I imagine that that's got to be quite a bit of a letdown for 15 and company. Yeah, I mean, I, I try most times. Uh, they did a good job of stopping us a couple of times there at the goal line. I had the one where it kind of slipped out of my hand trying to get to Kels uh, real fast. And, and in certain situations, you, you have to just take the points and when a game's going like this. And I think you see that sometimes. I mean, the defense plays like they're playing right now. I mean, I have full trust the offense is going to figure it out. So, I mean, if that, that's the positive I see in this game is defense is playing playing really good football in the offense. We have to learn to get better as the season goes on so we can win a lot of football games. I like that. That's uh, that's a good win and a good point I, that I would agree with across the board. Um, I got I was thrilled in this game and, and really, really intrigued by what this team was going to look like once the mistakes stopped today when I realized how good the defense was playing. The issue is that the mistakes never stopped. They just, the mistakes never stopped. And so they squandered an awesome effort from a defense, essentially missing missing three starters. Two and a half if you want, but Trent McDuffie and Willie Gay, obviously. And Mike Dana is is the third defensive end at absolute worst. Um, and I think by snap count, he might have actually been up there at, at one or two even uh, before he ended up missing this game with an injury. Uh, next here from Mahomes, the momentum shifting late. Is that something that he was able to feel in real time? I didn't. I mean, the way our defense was playing... Uh, I mean, you you were just relying on them. You're just trying to find ways to put points on the board. I mean, they've they've done a great job these first few weeks. They did a great job today. Um, and uh, they have play, players too. And we gave them too many chances, and we didn't put it in the end zone. And they made plays at the end of the day. So uh, it's uh, I didn't feel the momentum really swing until after they scored the last touchdown. Um, but uh, I mean, we have to be better. I mean, that's all I can say as offense. We have to be better. They do, um, and uh, we'll see what his final thoughts were here, kind of assessing the team as a whole at this point and where that leaves Kansas City going forward. I just, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if you can assess how the team is yet. Um, I just want to find ways to win at the end of the day. Um, we obviously aren't playing the way we wanted to these last two weeks on offense, um, but we've been battling, and the guys battling, you can see them battling to the very end. Um, and so you, you, you love that, um, but you got to find, I mean, our schedule, we have a tough schedule, so we have to find a way to win these football games. They're going to be tough, tough contests, and so uh, we'll see how we respond. I'm excited to see how the guys respond. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I'm probably going to get suckered into to buying the bounce back in a primetime game against a better team sort of moment for the Chiefs next week. I, I don't I don't know if that's smart money or if I'm if I'm a mark on that one. Because the place that I'm left in the tension of is that the Chiefs, even with just some mistakes, win this game by 10 points today. I mean, easily, like easily. This, this game is so different if Sky Moore is able to let two punts bounce into the end zone instead of one of them being muffed and one of them being down to the one. This game is so... Uh, the game would not have necessarily been different, but the result would have been different if Chris Jones either doesn't say anything or doesn't get flagged for talking for presumably the first time in his career. If Harrison Butker is healthy, this game is different, fundamentally, in at least three different moments. Missed extra point, missed field goal, fake field goal. Harrison Butker probably adds seven points to the Chiefs today. So I guess I think that is informing how I'm going to continue looking at this team. Rather than just the final score of it all. 
but man, it's disgusting. Just a just a gross way for this game to wrap up. Really frustrating. Uh, one more chief to hear from. We'll get to Justin Reed as our locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. The Chiefs locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29 degree man sized drafts at Twin Peaks. We will go back to to Indy one more time to hear from Chief Safety Justin Reed here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Uh, we will uh, hear what the Chief Safety had to say as he spoke on behalf of the Chiefs defense that had a great game until the final drive when they needed one more stop. Here's Justin Reed. Yeah, um, you know, in this league, a lot of times football comes down to situations. And we had a situational football at the end of the game. And we came up short. I think we made too many plays shooting ourselves on the foot. Um, and the coach came out and executed, and credit to them. They did a good job um, taking time off the clock and then going down and getting points on the board. Yeah, I mean, Chris is a veteran, and I don't really speak much on other players, but um, he knows what it, what's going on. You know, We'll just have to chalk that one up. Look at ourselves and get better from it. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the National Football League. Um, it's a game of inches. Um, you can't do things that beat yourselves, and you got to go out there and win. I will give a lot of credit to um, the Colts special teams. Um, I think they did a hell of a job today. Um, but we got some things. We did some good things on the field today. Um, just came a little bit short. and. You know, we're just going to have to go back, watch the tape, and uh, we'll learn to move on from this and not repeat those mistakes. Um, I think that mentally this team is has a good fortitude to where, you know, when bad things happen, um, we're able to move on to the next play. Um, it was just, you know, last week whenever we were able to turn the tide on the game. And, you know, this week, it's just, that's just how the NFL goes sometimes. So, um I don't think that this is anything that's going to be detrimental to us as a program, um, to the mentality of the locker room. I think we're all still hungry to be successful, and we're just going to be chopping at the bit after we watch this tape um, to get ready for our next opponent. Um, just to stay consistent, um, a lot of the same things. We know what we did. Um, we could have, we had opportunities to win this game, and we just came up short. So in order to win in this league, you gotta, you got to win those inches and be successful. Um, I thought a lot of them were very effective. Um, I thought that we were able to confuse their offensive line, but that's Coach Spag's specialty, you know, having guys come from all over. So um, that's part of the good things that we did. There's Justin Reed speaking on behalf of the Chiefs defense, and that was it for the pressers today. We did bring you Chris Jones as well um, as the uh, the reporters on the ground. They were able to talk to him after the game as well, but just a uh, an incredibly frustrating game that could have gone very differently if one of several bounces would have gone in the Chiefs' direction, which is, again, not to say that the Chiefs, like, got a bad stroke of luck. They made a lot of their own luck, and it all came back to bite them. This is a horrendous loss that lands on the Chiefs' shoulders. I say all of, the, all of that just so there's no doubt. The Chiefs threw this game 
into a garbage disposal and flicked the switch several times. Several different players, several different coaches, many different people all had their hands in the garbage disposal whenever the switch got flipped. And so that's the effort, that's the result that you get. But also in a game that is a game of inches, one of half a dozen moments going slightly differently turns this game into a win. I did not think that I would compare Chiefs football to Missouri football this weekend, but here we are. Shout out to all the Mizzou Chiefs fans out there. You've been through some things. Even more shockingly, shout out to all the KU and K-State Chiefs fans out there. At least you guys have one good team to root for that really handled their business this week. K it's it. I'm telling you, man, Kansas is a football state, and Missouri is currently in a state of misery. We'll take a break here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. My name is Joshua Briscoe. On this side of the microphone, the Drake hitting the buttons on the other side. Appreciate Dylan Michaels for the production as well. It's all brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. On the other side of the break, we'll hear from our friend Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. We'll see if he can make any sense of this loss whenever we come back. The lefty boots it. High spiraling kick. Moore backing up inside the 10. He'll drop it at the 7. That's a free ball. Pounced on at the 4-yard line. Colts say they have it, and they do. They sure did. And it didn't get a lot better for the Chiefs after that. Uh, Carl, courtesy of Compass Media Networks. Fumble there, courtesy of Sky Moore. And a loss, courtesy of the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk about that now with our friend Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. Matt, I decided before the segment that I was explicitly not going to lead you any direction on this because I think there are probably four or five different reasonable answers. So tell me what your biggest story of the game is today as the Chiefs fall 20-17 to against a Colts team that I still think isn't very gosh darn good. Uh, there's probably quite a few takeaways that I could have for this game, but, I mean, chief amongst them is that special teams has absolutely destroyed this team today. Yep. Um, I don't think you can make much of an argument that four, maybe at least a 14 points swing based on special teams, probably at least seven. Um, I mean, minimum of four. Yep. But... Well, I guess bare minimum one, but I think you could say four easily, like maybe eleven easily. I could. I, I'm going through all the numbers here, Josh. But the, oh, I hey, you want me to make it uh, fourteen for you? I, I fourteen think, is the realistic number. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I, fine, I'm fine with. Do we want to agree on fourteen? Fourteen's a great number, and you know what? You only need is four of those, so yep. you win the game. Um, the other thing, else, honestly, I mean, I think is fixable with this team. They need to learn some things on offense. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And if they do learn a lesson from this game, then I think that's probably worth the loss. I don't think that Chris Jones is probably going to get called for that penalty again in his lifetime. And if he does, then shame on him. Um, but I think, and, and even with some of the special teams fiascos, I think are fixable. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still, you know, kind of digesting, and I, I haven't had a chance to listen to the callers. So I, I don't know if you've had callers or. Mm -hmm. Um, how uh, fatalistic everything is, but I'm not quite there. I mean, I guess I'm looking through this maybe through some different tinted glasses, but I don't think it's the end of the world for this team. It's only week three. 
Well, one thing I just tweeted out, I just quote tweeted a, uh, an EPA per play chart from the Colts, and I'll just give you the gist of it. Everything is negative. That's not an exaggeration. Every single category, what the Colts did offensively, was was in the negative in the aggregate, right? That last drive was the first time they looked like a professional offense all day. And, man, I wanted nothing more than to open this show raving about how good that defense looked. Matt, They, I mean, again, this kind of goes back to me not having a very high opinion of the Colts, particularly the Colts' offense. But they made Matt Ryan look absolutely washed. They were getting to him consistently. The, the offensive line that we talked about, their communication issues, they were having communication issues again. And Justin Reed and Nick Bolton and Legereus Sneed and Frank Clark, they were, were all feasting on it. And now it's like the 15th freaking thing that we talk about today because no good thing can open a show whenever you score 17 points and you lose. Well, and, and I didn't even I didn't mention it because it you know doesn't play into the narrative. But honestly, there is nothing to complain about this defense through three weeks. Yeah, no, really. Three strong performances. And, and frankly, I mean, I think that the, the defense probably deserves an A-plus for today on 96% of their staff. Yep. Yep, um, eight out of nine scouting, drives for sure. The scouting report was fantastic. Um, I mean, it looked like there were times that Nick Bolton must have been in the huddle. Yes. Uh, next to Matt Ryan because yes. Chiefs knew what was coming. And had they realized that Jelani Woods was on the field, probably hold this team three points or maybe nine points rather. I mean, they probably would have stopped some field goals there. But that was the only thing they didn't do all day was guard Jelani Woods in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah, and even that, like I guess I I, I said I said uh, eight out of nine drives. I guess it could be seven out of eight almost because getting getting put up against Jonathan Taylor with four yards to go is a losing battle for everybody. No one on planet Earth should should begrudge yeah. the Chiefs' defense of that. And then that last drive. They got the third down stop. I imagine there would have been one more play, but, um, but they got the third down stop, and, and then Chris Jones gets flagged, and we can talk more or less about that as you as you see fit. But, man, like you, as you said, through three weeks, this defense has really just been somewhere between excellent and, and ignorable in a way that a defense can be in a pleasant way. You know what I mean? Like, they they had one drive that you can say that that penalty that kept it alive and then they were able to close at the very end fine but I, I hope that's not the last thing that I hope that the last thing we saw is not what people take away from this game because if if you're feeling positive about some elements of it the the defense without two and a half starters if not fully three depending on your opinions on Mike Dana was was great and we can't yeah. and we haven't this is the first time I've been able to talk about that in any impassioned way. Because I, I, look, I'm not trying to just pick on a rookie, but I, I'm just being honest on this one. Because Sky Moore was an, was an atrocity in, in two moments today, and again, he's a rookie. He didn't return that many punts in college. I get it. Whatever, man. I'm not. This isn't me telling you to cut Sky Moore. It's just I'm saying what we all saw. And I mean, like, I, I'm just monologuing. I know I'm I'm Jasoning right now, which is I'm sitting here telling you all my thoughts so you can validate me. But I just I'm just worked up again, Matt. I was feeling okay until ten minutes ago, and now I'm worked up again. A healthy Harrison Butker gives the Chiefs seven points in this game. Seven. Yeah. Just okay. having him back. The Cardinals turf cost the Chiefs a touchdown. The, the Chiefs, I mean, they made, it was a conscious decision, but it was also a salary cap decision. They made a decision this offseason to rebuild their special teams. They walked away from a lot of older and slower guys with the conscious decision that they were going to try and to bring in some new guys, both rookies and veterans that were faster, so they could certainly get faster on defense. But it was also a byproduct to get faster on special teams. But with that, you know that you're also going to have a lot of inexperience out there. Yeah. And add to that that now they don't have an experienced kicker. 
So, you know, when you look at some of the breakdowns and even like the execution on the fake punt or the fake field goal, rather, which I'm with Andy Reid, I think that's probably not the right call there. I mean, I, 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 fourth and 10 with a fake field goal is a little bit long. I, I think that if you're going to go for it on fourth and 10, I'd feel a lot better with Mahomes having the ball in his hands than yeah. Tommy Townsend. Yeah. But you know what? If you if you sign this, if you put this guy in your NFL roster and, he, and you don't think he can make a 44 yard field goal, I don't I don't know what you're doing. I mean, you got to let you got to let. I mean, that's the, the fake field goal to me is the last alternative. But yeah. maybe I'm being a little harsh. But again, I mean, I think that some of that comes down to inexperienced guys and execution. And I think a lot of that was the special teams problems was inexperienced guys and execution. That should get better. I mean, Dave Toe should be able to coach those guys up. and More experience will help. Um, it's just unfortunate for the Chiefs that maybe you got all those mistakes in one game. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, the other, the only other thing that's frustrating, I think, is a Chiefs fan. And, and, I, and I, I, I see a lot of talk about the offensive line that honestly I think is misdirected. I, I think a lot of this loss is on Mahomes um, because I saw a quarterback in the first half that spent a lot of time looking downfield and mm-hmm. looking for some deep targets. And you know what? They weren't there. Yep. He, he had one clean shot and missed it. And after that, I mean, the Colts clearly were like, you know what? We made the one screw up. We've, we've dodged a bullet. Don't let him do that again because they were bound to determine to make sure that Patrick Mahomes didn't beat them deep. And he spent the entire first half looking deep. And, and I, I said this earlier, and I, I, it's my new favorite line, and I'm going to milk this for a while until, you know, I think the Chiefs prove this. They're going to have to eat their vegetables before they get to dessert. Mm-hmm. And eating your vegetables is throwing the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster the entire game in short and intermediate. You know, taking advantage and just moving the chains. Do what the Colts did on that final drive. You're going to – and they, the Chiefs can do it. We know that they do it all the time. They can move the ball with brutal efficiency. But Mahomes just had that that look in his eye, that mentality in the first half of trying to find the deep ball, and it wasn't there. And it's not going to be against these two deep shells. I mean, the only way you're going to get teams out of it is by running the ball effectively and throwing the ball short. And God knows the Chiefs did not run the ball effectively today. No kidding. Uh, yeah, that was infuriating. G- give me a little more on, on Mahomes there, because I, I did think he was interesting post-game where, you know, he, he cops to where he was at. But one place where I started, um, I'm assuming here, because, you know, I, watching on TV, I, I don't know what actually is happening down the field, but I will be looking for this whenever we're able to, to get the All-22 and everything. I wonder how much of that was Mahomes' big game hunting and how much of it was him not having very many guys creating much separation by even NFL standards. I, I genuinely do not know the answer to that. If it comes out that, that Juju was, was a yard open 90% of the game, then then I will happily recant. But did you have any feeling on that in terms of, of you know, again, Mahomes looking for the big play while also having a, a largely new group around him? Did, did that impact things today, or, or how would you dissect all that? I mean, and I think you're right, and I I will absolutely do the exact same thing. I'll take a mea culpa on this if we look at the All-22 and it looks like, as Tony Romo noted, you know, on occasion that maybe the Chiefs were just running a bunch of stop routes against, you know, man coverage at times. Yeah, good point. And there was just nobody getting open. But, you know, it just – you just could see it looked like his eyes were looking downfield. And I know, and that's the great thing about Mahomes and and why Chiefs fans love him because – you're especially coming from the Alex Smith era when, yes. when poor Alex Smith never looked downfield. Yes. You love having a quarterback that can do that, and it's great. It's fantastic. 
and it's the reason why this team is probably going to win multiple Super Bowls is because they have a quarterback with that talent. But you know what? There's also times when you just got to throw the ball five yards and you know move the chains. And the, the worst thing about it is Mahomes knows that. Yeah. I mean, he's told us that. He understands it. But, you know, I think that – and maybe it was going into a game like this where it's a, a team like the Colts that's struggling. You look over on the other side, you see so many guys that are banged up and hurt, and you're just thinking, you know, this is an opportunity to just to feast. And, and it wasn't there today. You mentioned that you don't think the offensive line deserved all the criticism it's gotten so far. I, I feel you on that. Um, I, I I imagine that there's, again, going to be plenty to look at. And Orlando Brown had one of the, um, you know, an offensive lineman low light that will, be, that will be clipped on Twitter for the remainder of this season and his next contract and all of that. That's not necessarily a good way to judge uh, a lineman's performance off of their worst moment of the game, but he had one of those real bad moments. But also, you mentioned not being able to run the ball effectively, and I mean that's being that's being borderline kind. I don't know how much of that's the <laughs> offensive line, how much of that is the running backs. Um, I didn't see. I, this might be too harsh, and I, I very well could be glossing over something that just didn't stick. But I, if you put a gun to my head right now and said, "Hey, can you go find one play where a running back did something uh, out of the backfield that was like in a carry, did a running back carry a football in a way that ultimately helped this football team today?" I would tell you about Michael Burton. That's what I would have. I would have that one. Uh, but if you said a tailback, I don't know that I'd have anything for you. Um, I don't know that the offensive line was making much happen in that in that former fashion. I think this offensive line gets graded out really well and running and run blocking pretty consistently. I don't know whose fault this is. I don't. I don't have any answers. That's my job is to ask questions. It's your job to tell me what happened, Matt. And I mean, I, I think it's probably a lot of fault to go around, you know, yeah. across the board. That's I mean, probably the theme of the day, I think, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, were, was it a matter of the the proper plays being called? Maybe was it the proper game plan? Perhaps. Um, I know that there were, you know, certainly Clyde made some mistakes. I think he would have had an easy touchdown on that one play when Colin Saunders in the game. Yeah. Had he kicked it to the left because there was a hole about five yards wide open to his left that he could have plowed right through. Um, but, you know, I mean, uh, but no, I mean, when you're, run, you're starting running back goes seven carries for zero yards, um, there's blame for everybody. Yeah. And it's not that I, I don't think that the offensive line doesn't deserve some criticism. I mean, certainly they do. But I, I don't think it was entirely their fault. And like I said, I mean, if I'm putting the list of, of whose fault that this loss was, I mean, like I said, special teams is right there. Um, Chris Jones probably unfairly gets a lot of it because he had the most inopportune play of the game. Right. Um, but honestly, I think I probably put the play of Mahomes ahead of the offensive line because hmm. I think that there were times that they gave him time to throw, and he just didn't take advantage of the opportunities. Now, like you said, maybe we look at the All-22 and I feel differently. Um, but I, I, it's just, that's just the way it felt. And, yes, you're right. I mean, there's no doubt the Colts, Colts saw something with Orlando Brown, and they attacked him. And, and he definitely had some bad luck, too, because I think on that, that terrible, terrible moment, he got tripped by a teammate. So that probably played into it. Mm. But, you know, I, I mean, those things happen. And, yep. you'll, and, and, and I get the Chiefs fans were probably upset at a few of the calls as well. But good teams overcome those. And I think the Chiefs are a good team. They just weren't a very good team today. Um, I'm not going to prompt any of your in any direction on this. Tell me what you saw from uh, right before halftime. Uh, I mean, it, 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 let's just you know pretend for a moment that it was a heated conversation. Which at this point, everybody that we've heard from has said that no, it was not heated. That it wasn't what it looked like. You know, Jedi mind tricks. This isn't the argument that you're looking for. Um, 
if Mahomes was frustrated at Eric Bieniemy, it's misdirected because we all know, as we were reminded again this week by the likes of Matt Nagy, Andy Reid's got 51% of the vote, and the other 49% doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, Andy Reid made the decision to shut things down before the half. Andy Reid made the decision to run the football on second down. Andy Reid's also the one who made the decision to let, to let Patrick take two shots downfield that didn't work mm-hmm. before deciding to shut it down. And that was all on Andy Reid. So, I mean, Patrick, if, if, if like I said, if, if he was frustrated at Eric Bieniemy, that's, I mean, I guess that's fine because Eric gets paid a lot of money. So part, and part of the paycheck is you've got to put up with people getting frustrated at him for things that aren't his fault. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, that's been most of my life as a and professional is people getting mad at me for things that aren't my fault. Right. And sometimes you right. just have to take it. I mean, yeah. you certainly do. Yep. I, I've heard, I have heard some of those calls. Yep, for sure. So, uh, but you know what? And if that's what you know, Mahomes needs to focus himself. You know, we've seen it before. I mean, he gets fired up and everything. If that helps him, I mean, I'm sure Eric Benny would be happy to go along. But he, we also know he's not having that conversation with Andy Reid on the camera because he knows better. Mm-hmm. But. If you're upset with anybody about what happened at the end of the first half, you're yelling at Eric Bieniemy about it is, you know, just blaming the messenger because hmm. that's all he is. It's Andy Reid's call. I mean, it's Andy Reid's offense. Um, is that indicative of anything else for you? You got a think piece coming up on Chiefs Digest, or uh, or or is that going to be something we forget about in a couple of weeks? We'll probably forget about it, but I, and I I did just post a story with what everybody said. I mean, that's all we can do is report the facts of of what everyone said and, and Patrick Mahomes and even Andy Reid made it pretty clear that no, I mean, it's, there wasn't anything he did that Patrick was just expressing himself and he chose to, he chose to do it at EB. Didn't even really explain why he chose to do it toward EB. But I mean, once again, everything that, that Patrick and, and Andy Reid told us after the game, it reiterates the fact that no, I mean, it's, that's exactly what it was. It was Andy's decision and it's always going to be Andy Reid's decision. Just as, you know, hey, Dave Tobe can put on a fake field goal, but Andy Reid's always got the opportunity to say, nope, Dave, we're not, we're not doing that right now. You can read all that at ChiefsDigest.com. Also, just hit it with the retweet over on the at Sports Radio 810 Twitter account. Of course, at Matt Derrick as well, if you want to check out what Matt has put together there in terms of what everybody said um, about that whole interaction. Um, but last thing I think here probably, Matt, is when you, you look at everything sort of rotting out here today, you say that you, that you are are coming through in a different position than most people. Um, if, if, you, if we get some more altitude, back up to about 30,000 feet and look ahead. Also noting that the Bills lost today just in terms of AFC seeding. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are 3-0. and Maybe Tyree Kill knew something. I don't know. Um, that's a joke, everybody. That one was a joke. Kind of. Mostly. Almost completely a joke. Almost entirely a joke. Uh, but uh, if you get back up to 30,000 feet and you look down at today... And then you look ahead from here. What are you seeing? Looking back at today, I mean, I think this will probably be looked at as a day that the Chiefs just simply weren't very good, that they had an opponent that they were better than. Um, They let them stay in the game early. They let them build some momentum at home and their home opener and all those things and probably played over their heads. I don't think the Colts are that bad, but I think they're very bad. They're just playing very bad right now. We may feel completely different about this Colts team at the end of the season if they're like a playoff team, but I, I think it was a you know laying an egg effort against a, a team that was playing better than the sum of its parts right now. As far as what's going forward, I mean, 
schedule doesn't get any easier. Going to Tampa Bay next week is going to be a tough outing. Uh, you got, the Chiefs are going to have to play better than this. There's a distinct possibility they come back home 2-2, two and two, and they've got a few more tough games, although that Raiders contest should not be very tough at all. Um, but there's a, this, this, this team has to know that today's effort will not get it done. They know that. They have to. They have, and if that's what it takes, if, if that's what they needed was a wake-up call you know, to, to, to shake them out of some things, but at the same time, not you know, paralyzing this defense. I mean, this defense does not need to be given a wake-up call. Don't yeah. do anything with the defense. It's playing right. great. Yes. Let them just keep it going. Um, but as the offense and the special teams woke up today, and if they can beat Tampa Bay next week, everything's going to be fine. Uh, here's my actual last thing. With, with whatever your best possible judgment is, knowing that we have some limited information, I, I imagine you heard what, what Chris Jones had to say, the pool report, all of that. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna tell you what I think. I think you can absolutely blame Chris Jones that he should have been. If he's gonna talk to anybody, go talk to Nick Bolton or Justin Reed or somebody on your own team. You, if you're gonna say something to Matt Ryan, you don't want to do it when the ref is standing over you. He should have maybe just said nothing at all. I hear all that, and I don't think any of that's unreasonable. I also have to imagine that he said something absolutely. He would have needed to say something absolutely heinous to, in my book justify a 15-yard penalty in that moment in the game. He said he's never been flagged for talking before. Um, I I am saying both. Chris Jones is going to have to own that one, and it seems like he's going to eat it. Um, and also, I, I when I saw that flag come up and then it ended up just being some sort of talking, I was shocked. So where, where did that specific part fall together for you? Well, I've got to admit, as I was watching the – on the on the replay especially, I was watching that unfold, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, Chris Jones laid on him a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a problem. And then, okay, Chris, you've laid on Matt Ryan too long, and now you're kind of jawing at him a little bit. That's a problem. And then he kind of, you know, said something again, and it's like, you know what, that's three strikes. I mean, you could probably get away with one of those, and certainly he, Chris Jones got away with two of those. He just wasn't able to get away with three. Hmm. And you know what? I mean, that's probably pretty fair. I mean, there's a lot of officials that might have even flagged Chris Jones for just getting up pretty slow off Matt Ryan because he did kind of lay on him for a while. Hmm. Um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, and, and, I, I don't, and, and I don't know if you've seen it, but Bull Durham will be on your assignment list for movies that you need to see. Okay, good. And maybe Chris Jones said the one word that you can't say. Okay, well, this is this is like a double suspense moment for me now because I don't know what that is in Bull Durham, so I don't know what Chris Jones may have said in your estimation. Uh, but it just, you know, an, another good reason to finally go see Bull Durham. So uh, I'll, I'll take that, Matt. I appreciate your time, as always. Look forward to hearing you across 810 throughout the week, including Fridays on the zone. We'll be able to look forward to a primetime matchup between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. The Bucks right now down 8 to the Packers uh, as they stand at 2-0. The Packers have the ball, so uh, we will uh, we'll keep an eye on that game and see what that primetime matchup ends up looking like. Just keep it clean, all right? Let's just keep that PG language locked down. Hey, if it is this to be an angry Chiefs team versus an angry Buccaneers team, that could be a great matchup. You, you know what? I, I would actually be happy to see that, again, as long as everybody uh, keeps it nice and PG. Uh, real quick before I let you go. The Drake has just sprinted out of the studio. I thought that's weird. We're going to take a break pretty soon. He just left. He just sprinted out of the studio, went down to presumably his office, sprinted back down into the studio here, walked in while we were live, and handed me a DVD copy of Bull Durham. Fantastic. I have one bad piece of news for both you and the Drake. You can borrow my uh, DVD DVD player. player. I have my own. (laughs) Thank you, Matt.
Thank you, Josh. Take care, everybody. Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Matt Derrick. Go check out the story that he wrote uh, about everything going on on the sidelines. And uh, I completely forgot that this was a Kevin Costner movie. I've seen Field of Dreams, so I want at least a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of credit for that. Uh, but if people weren't already furious enough hearing that the uh, 810 postgame host has never seen Bull Durham, probably sent a few more people into a ditch. Out of the hold of Tommy Townsend. Amendola, 34-yard attempt from the right half, swings the leg and missed it left. Kickers! I hate it when games come down to kickers! Even whenever it's good. Even with Harrison Butker. Including when it's Missouri, who I know, I know, I know. The thicker kicker, as they call him, is uh, unstoppable until you decide it's a kicker's game. And I just, I just want football games to be to be decided by. I don't want to denigrate kickers, but like football players in the traditional sense. That's what I would like to see. Um, not that, you know, some of these decisions the Chiefs made today were horrible schematic decisions. It just it comes down to a kicker, and sometimes your random, the 40th best kicker in football comes through and is automatic, and sometimes you call him up and he cannot hit anything. Today the Chiefs found the ladder in Matt Amendola. Harrison Butker, remember, the Chiefs poached off the Panthers practice squad. They didn't like. They didn't draft him in the third round or anything. He was on the Panthers practice squad. They went and got him. Not Matt Amendola's day today. Frustrating one. Thanks again to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. I'm Joshua Briscoe. The Drake is on the other side of the glass. Uh, if you want to uh, get more of my thoughts over the course of games, weeks, etc., you can follow me on Twitter at JB Briscoe. And of course, uh, the Zone starting uh, starting at ten o'clock tomorrow will be a heck of one. Don't know what exactly, but it'll be a heck of something. And uh, Jason Anderson, myself, and Beards McFly will be together for four hours of angst, maybe. I might come in in all black tomorrow, which wouldn't be that big of a departure for me anyway, but I might like like really play it up. I might see if I can get some eyeliner or something, really like emo. Not like a funeral, because I don't think the Chiefs are dead. I just might really go kind of emo core, like some just... Instead of the usual theme song, I might see if I can get Beards to play the first notes from Welcome to the Black Parade. Ding, 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 ding. The Zone on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Feh. That's what, uh, I think that was a mad dog, a Chris Mad Dog Russo. He weaponized the word feh, F-E-H, but in sort of the, you know, the kind of like Yiddish, almost kind of. Sound at the end. It's a very satisfying way to not curse on the radio when you really want to curse on the radio. But I can't. So um, instead, I will let Frank Reich do some of the talking. Usually on this show, the opposing coach press conferences end up being about how the Chiefs caught them off guard or what went wrong or whatever. And frankly, for Frank Reich today, no pun intended, frankly, for Reich, uh, there's still plenty that went wrong for the Colts. I don't think this team is very good. But they won. And win, lose, or in the Colts' case, draw. And I think the Chiefs still caught them off guard. Just yeah. by playing poorly. Yeah. 
Shocking! What a surprise it must have been to realize that they were going to be given gifts throughout the course of the game. It was like an ad the Chiefs were like an advent calendar today. Every every morning, the Colts got to open another little window and like, oh, there's a little Lego man in there. Oh, a chocolate, fun. Oh, the ball on the four yard line, excellent. I feel like I was in a collision, and if I was, it was in the one place that I'd go. Our opposing coach press conference is brought to you by Metcalf Car Star. Brought to you by Metcalf Car Star. If your vehicle gets sacked on the road, take it to Metcalf Car Star, the collision repair experts. They make it convenient and easy to get back on the road. Go to carstar.com and search Metcalf Car Star. Car Star, relax. They'll take it from here. We'll see if Metcalf Car Star could just handle the Chiefs special teams, try to get some of the dents out and send them back out for some of the night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here is Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich after this game. Great team win. Man, what, what we were talking about in there a minute ago was just the ultimate team win in all three phases. We've said kind of coming into this year, that's the kind of team we feel like we have, like that we can be good in all three phases. That's what it takes to beat a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's what we got today. I mean, you know, defensively, it was, it was just a great effort. I mean, a really great effort. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anyone rush Mahomes that well, you know, and it, even though it might only been one sack, but we had him on the run. We had him in the well. There was he didn't escape and make a bunch of big plays. A real credit to our D line and, and our defense and what they did there. I thought we played coverage exceedingly well. I thought Gus and the defensive staff had a great game plan, and defense really really held us in there. And the special teams came up huge, right? I mean, the muff punt, the fake field goal that we denied, the punt down on the one, good coverage on kickoffs. Uh, you know, really good. And then on offense, you know, we didn't, we weren't totally in sync uh, at times in the first half, but there were flashes. We had drives, you know, weren't running it like we normally want to run it, but, um, you know, we had some drives. We were decent on third down, felt like we got a little rhythm at times, felt like we got closer today. And then when we needed it in the fourth quarter, we made, we made plays. We really needed it. You know, Matt was clutch, made a couple key key throws, you know, down down the down the end there. So a real credit to him, real credit to the whole offense. A great team win. Julian Blackman did have uh, the ankle and that's the only injury to report. Why does it why do you guys play so well when it feels like your back is against the wall? It's been several years now. I mean I think part of that's the character of the team. You know, it's the character of the team. Um, part of it is I, you know, I, I know nobody wants it, but I just think we're just continue to get better. You know, we, you know, we got better today. You know, we got better today, and uh, thankfully we got the results we wanted. You don't always get those results when you want them, but um, there's no doubt our backs were against the wall, uh, Joel, like you're saying, and we responded, and I think that's a testament to our players. You felt like a big moment for Matt. I mean, it wasn't pretty for a lot of it. Fumble, a lot of pressure in his face. And then, the, you know, you guys were ready to punt before that penalty. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I love about Matt. I mean, the, guy's, the guy is on – you cannot phase him. I, I don't think hmm, – I've been around a lot of great ones. But as far as guys that are on to the next play, Matt's as good – he's certainly as good as anybody I've been around. There's some other guys, you know, the Peyton Mannings of the world. But, like, Matt Ryan is unflappable. The guy is unflappable. He does not, you know, you try to say, hey, you try to go over, he's already to the next play. He's already to the next play. And I think that's why over his career, 
why he's been able to do what he's done in the clutch in the fourth quarter. I just think that's a testament to him. It's not always going to be pretty, but he, you know, we bounced back, and some of that was on him, but a lot of it wasn't. You know, a lot of it was, we, you know, we still got to get better on offense. Frank, it's been a rough couple of weeks. How big a win is this for you personally and for this franchise at this point of the season? Yeah, it's all about the team. You know, it's all about the team, right? It's all about that, – that's really what – that's all we care about. That's all I care about. That's really all I care about. Um, you know, we talk – yeah, it's all I care about, this team, these guys. Did you guys, did you guys need this? You know, every – you know, what, what the guys were talking about yesterday is everyone's a must win in this league. You know, this – okay, maybe you wait a little bit more. It's a big win, but it's one, it's one game. You know, we got another big one next week, so we got to put this one behind us. We got to come in Monday. You know, really, you want, you want as a head coach to get in the locker room, to get up here and say the same thing, win or lose. Let's study the tape. Let's get better. Let's find ways to win. Let's find ways to become the team that we envision ourselves that we can be. And I think today what we said in there was this showed us we can be the team that we, that we want to be. We can be the team that we think came in, coming into this season that we were going to be. We can be that team, but we got to work to get better. Did you think it's a couple more? Does it solidify your message, though, when you do get the result finally? There's no doubt at some point you got to get results. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And so, you know, thankfully we got them. There's no, there's no guarantee, but thankfully we got them. This is one of the things you talked about with Ryan. No matter how things in the offseason to bring him here in the fourth quarter, you kind of know what you're going to get the leadership and the voice. It's 100% what, you know, and this is when you look at, you know, over the last few years, you know, we've had some moments in the fourth quarter where we just didn't make some plays like we made today to win a game. And um, it doesn't matter that there were some ugly series or, you know, there were a couple fumbles and that at times the protection wasn't what it should be. And it wasn't all in the line. They, they had some pressures. There was some, there was, uh, I got to look at all the film on why, but, um, and we'll get that cleaned up. But, you know, Matt, like I said, the guy's unflappable. Two I mean, two rookies right there getting some big plays for you today. How important were their contributions? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, that's the player we expect Jelani to be. You know, make the big play. He's a big, he's a big man, and he's fast. And uh, you can just see his growth and maturity in the offseason, in training camp, um, especially when Drew got hurt and a little bit more pressure put on him to come through. He's just continued to get better every week. Really happy for Jelani. Yeah, big big day for Alec, right? Um, the go ball, that that's that's what he's here for, you know, to make more of those. And um, and then made the play down there in that last drive. That, that was a big big throw and catch. Um, so good day for two for two rookie uh, skill players. I'm not gonna tell Frank Reich how to uh, how to do a post game press conference for you know a coach of a team that just won. I'm just going to decode it. I don't begrudge him for saying it this way. I don't know where the cameras were. If you're watching on streaming, is this part of it was playing or not? But whenever he said it was a great team win, I almost dry heaved. Like, your quarterback was was a statue and like one with, without any arms. It was the Venus de Milo. That's the one without the arms, right? Lots of them don't have arms. Your quarterback looked washed until the until the last until he got a second chance in the last drive of the game because he got hit <laughs> he got hit by Chris Jones and the game was virtually over there and then Chris Jones kept talking. Your special teams unit was not I mean they they recovered they they picked up the gifts that were on the ground that's something. 
Defensively, they should get some credit. Also, we should note all of those issues without Shaq Leonard for the Colts. That he was on the sideline. I'm sure it feels like they should take it as a team win. That's fine. I just I only feel more confident that if they were if the Chiefs and Colts played again next week, I would I would probably go just as hard on the Chiefs side. Because I just don't... I think this is the game you get from Kansas City one out of every 10 at most. And it just was as bad as it could have been. They, they lose more than once. I don't mean they only lose one out of every 10 if they play the Colts over and over and over again. Maybe, maybe it might be two or three times. I don't know. But I just don't... The only way it could have been worse is if the defense didn't look good, which I am so frustrated about because the defense looked so good. Without three starters. With mostly young guys. With Darius Harris... Playing some great football next to Nick Bolton. Really good stuff from the front seven. Solid stuff from the coverage. That last drive was tough, but that's the first time they really got pushed on. And that's like the fifteenth thing on the on the list of items here. Um, we might we might bring you Chris Jones one more time, but I, I wanted to do something to put all this into a little bit of context, and also just to get me caught up on what all the football I've missed today outside of of Chiefs Colts. Primetime games, I just, you know, plug into the red zone matrix for six hours and then eventually unplug and come back for, for the Chiefs game. Today, though, the noon games came and went, and I literally only barely followed any of them. Um, the Bears beat the Texans 23-20, to so the, the Texans are now 0-2-1. They tied with this Colts team. Uh, they just lost to the Bears, yes, by three points. The Bears are now 2-1, and right there with the Chiefs. The Chiefs and the Chicago Bears are both 2-1. and um, The Raiders, I have no idea what happened in this game. I also just learned that this happened. No idea what happened here. Titans 24, Raiders 22. I don't know. The Raiders are 0-3, though. And uh, Derrick Henry had 85 yards. Nothing crazy there. Uh, Hunter Infro was out for this game, I believe. So the uh, Raiders are 0-3 and alone at the bottom of the AFC West. Now the Titans get their first win of the season. This one's very relevant. The Miami Dolphins are, if not the only would be one of the only undefeated teams left in the AFC. They might be alone now. The Dolphins beat the Bills 21-19. to The Bills' offensive coordinator wrecked his own space. Josh Allen threw 63 times for 400 yards and lost while also leading the game in rushing. That's incredible. I saw a stat earlier that the, the Bills ran something like 90 plays and the Dolphins ran like 39 plays, something along right around those lines. Um, absolutely bonkers. But I mentioned all of this today. Because the Bills and the Chiefs are now both 2-1. and one. The Bills lost a game to a divisional rival. And as we're talking about one seed, two seed, all of that. Worth noting, as you wait to see how, how real the Dolphins are going to be. Tua left with concussion symptoms. He had his head on the turf really hard and then came back. The NFLPA is now investigating that. But the Dolphins win. Ravens beat the Patriots 37-26. That makes sense. That seems about right. Bengals handled the Jets 27-12. That's their first win of the season. The Ravens are 2-1 and one right there with the Chiefs. Eagles are 3-0 in the NFC. They trounced Washington. And the Panthers got their first win of the year over the Saints, 22-14. I'm scrolling through and realizing I just would have been surprised by a good number of these results today. But here's the live stuff. And one of these really matters, and a couple of them kind of matter. Kind of mattering, the Packers and Buccaneers are in the fourth quarter. The Packers are up 14-6. Packers are 1-1. The Bucks are 2-0. The Chiefs have the Buccaneers in Tampa on Sunday Night Football next week. 
I would rather that be a battle between two two and one teams. I don't know if it really matters, but worth keeping an eye on as the Buccaneers struggle to put any points on the board. They also, uh, the over-under for Patrick Mahomes versus uh, Tom Brady could be extraordinarily low for the two of them. That's kind of interesting. Falcons, Seahawks, Falcons are um, up right now looking for their first win of the year, 27-23. We'll see on that. And the Rams are handling the Cardinals 20-9 in the fourth quarter. But here's the one that's almost over, and that is effectively over. Chargers 38. Excuse me, I apologize. I misspoke. Jaguars 38, Chargers 10. Justin Herbert is still in the game. He is still getting hit. Brandon Staley should do something. Please, get him out of there. Keenan Allen didn't play. Lots of injuries across the the board for the Chargers. But they came out of their Thursday night matchup with the Chiefs, obviously having lost that. The Chargers being, I think, clearly still number two in this division. The Chargers are about to fall to one and two to the Jags. are about to rise to two and one. How bad was it with Urban Meyer? We knew it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. Doug Peterson has, has Trevor Lawrence looking like a dude right now. Justin Herbert keeps getting hit on fractured cartilage or whatever. 38 to 10, Jags. Have about uh, four and a half minutes left to put away the Chargers. If you want to hear the end of that game, that's over on our sister station, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM. If you want to flip over there and listen to the remainder of that game, the Jags have just been trouncing them, just totally putting them away. And so in the AFC West, here's what we know. The Chiefs will fall, did fall, to 2-1. and one. The Chargers are falling to 1-2. and two. The Raiders are 0-3. And the Broncos play tonight, which you'll hear right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Broncos will face the 49ers tonight. Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, with Trey Lance done for the year. The Broncos will be playing for sole possession. Not No, no, I apologize. The Broncos will be playing to tie for first in the AFC West. I was going to say sole possession of second, but that's actually not true. The Chiefs and the Broncos... Could both be 2-1 and one at the end of this week. Enjoy rooting for Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers tonight because that's going to be kind of a trip. I believe the Chargers did, in fact, make something happen here while Justin Herbert's out there getting hit. I do not care for that from Brandon Staley. He has really, he's really turned his back to the light this year. <laughs> Brandon Staley has been very disappointing. And... Uh, I don't know what's going on in Los Angeles right now, but I do know is that the AFC West is about to look very different. Where the Chiefs lost to an AFC South team, the Chargers are about to lose to an AFC South team, the Broncos get the NFC West coming up tonight, and the Raiders lost to an AFC South team. The AFC South today, 3-0 and against the AFC West. You want to talk about bets I'm glad I didn't make? Any of that would have been the way to do it. Uh, Drake, hit me with that one more time. Sorry, I was just about to figure out how we're going to... Okay, so uh, we will... Uh, if you missed anything, here's what I'll say. 
I thought I might just go through scores and not get to the Chris Jones clip again. If you haven't heard it yet, uh, a number of reporters who are on the ground there tweeted out the video. Of course, you can hear it. Again, anything you've missed. That includes Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Reid, Chris Jones, your calls, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, all of my thoughts from the Open, all of those things. If you miss any of it, it'll be up on the uh, the Sports Radio 810 WHB podcast pages. Uh, we're keeping them on the almost entirely sports feed that's still there. Just a place I know people have been getting them in the past. So we throw them over there. Also, the additional programming feed. Drake, don't worry about it. Just make sure you save all this in one big file, and we'll, we'll handle. We'll handle. We're, we're recording on the show today. I would appreciate that. Well, let's um, go back and do it again. We can uh, we can handle our disagreements in the tunnel after we get out of here. But um, I will uh, personally make sure that all of that's available on the podcast feeds, both on Almost Entirely Sports' old feed, um, which might be a real, might be a new feed again at some point, but right now it's just kind of this. Um, and then also on the additional programming page, which you can get in the 810 mobile app. You can get it at 810WHB.com. Wherever you get your podcasts. Drake, I don't know how much time this means we have left in the show, but it is the appropriate way to wrap things up. Thank you for listening to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. The Chiefs fall to the Indianapolis Colts 20-17. to They're 2-1. and And next up, Sunday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Talk to you on The Zone tomorrow at 10 a.m. And then again after the game on Sunday night. Until then... Bye, Mom.